Hi, I'm Dougie Cameron, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Glory Days of Gold, the East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Lee Gillis. And we have another packed show for you this week. Not as long as last week's show, which was our, our longest yet. We hadn't planned for it to be that long, but when you've got a legend like Kenny Duker on Lee, you, you've just got to take the opportunities and chat away to him. Yeah, um, I'll apologise to, to our listeners because it, it was a, a bit of a trek um, to, to get through it. It literally took me until yesterday to finish it. Um, having a young daughter takes up a lot of their time then working too. And I, I work, I've got about a 40 minute commute to work. So yeah, it, it took me a, a good few listens as well, but absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And the feedback from you guys has been amazing as well. Um, Kenny, you know, took the complete in our piss out of me for the a lot of the interview but you want to know what it's 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 one that for me um you know what don't get me wrong gary naismith was a massive one because i loved him for scotland um and i loved him east fife but that one's going to be a, a really hard one to beat because it was probably one of my first real heroes in football yeah and like we, we've talked a little bit about this on twitter but we we would like to to do some interviews with some of the older guys guys especially from the dave clark era anyone from the 70s as well so if anyone's got contact info for some of these guys shoot us a message glorydaysagold at gmail.com or on twitter at glorydaysagold and we'll we'll try and get some of the, the older ones on as well we've got a fun interview coming up later tonight Doogie Cameron, another member of the 2007-2008 Championship winning team, so that should be a good one. And we've got a special interview coming up later as well as we try and convert someone in America to becoming an East Fife fan. But that's all still to come. We can't bring you those shows, though, without our listeners and without our sponsors. So tell us, Lee, who tonight's sponsor is. Tonight's sponsor is King Kebab himself, Mr. Glenn Walker. Um, So thank you so much. Glenn is one of our T-shirt buyers. Um, so huge thanks to Glenn. One thing I will say though is, is, is we received a, a, a pretty big um, donation this weekend. I'm not going to say who it was, but thank you so, so much. It, it paid our Zoom account for the year and you, you'll know who you are listening. I'm not going to say a name out loud, but thank you so much. And it means a lot to both Mike and I. I believe that that's us made our way through all the sponsors now. If I've missed you out, please message me. Um, I did have a bit of a technical glitch and I lost some of the names of the people that had sponsored. So if um, I haven't mentioned you and you're still waiting on your episode sponsor, then please do give me a shout. But apart from that, the, the upcoming episodes are available to sponsor, £20 donation. You'll also notice that um, 
I believe we've got a potential order of about another 13 t-shirts. Um, so that I've, I was quite delighted to, to hear that, but to, to really make it viable, we need to make sure that we get another few because we need to make sure our costs are covered. So we're happy to honour the same promo as we did the last time, where any t-shirt that you buy will give you an episode um, sponsorship included in that too. So just the usual ways to get in touch with that if you would like to get yourself a t-shirt. Um, then we could do that. The other one um, which we had a request for was for the does anybody fancy a chocolate digestive quote on the t-shirt so the, the t-shirts haven't been designed yet so if you would like one um, that's a little bit more quirky then definitely get in touch. Yeah thanks as Lee said to everyone for the, the continued support it definitely means a, a lot to both Lee and me we've really been in, enjoying doing these and we've got a lot of fun stuff lined up for the, the rest of the, the year as this season gets underway so we'll kind of turn our attention now to the football chat, a little bit about the, the season. There's not been a lot of East Fife news uh, again this week. We did get the draw for the, the League Cup. The Fife were drawn in Group A. It's a tough group. They've got three championship teams and a team that we always struggle against to, to kind of overcome. We did show last season, though, that it doesn't matter who we're drawn with. When it comes to cup games, we, we're in with a shout. We play Hearts. Inverness Cali, and then two Fife derbies, Wraith and Cowden. Game days are going to be in October and November. The full fixture list is going to be announced. I think, Lee, out of those teams, if we can get Cali at home, doesn't really matter where we play the other ones. It's going to be a pretty good draw. See, I'm quite selfish. I've never been to Cali's ground, so I would quite like to get them away. Um, both either Hearts or Inverness actually um, away would suit me because there's two grounds that I have to tick off but do you want to know what down the line um, I probably would have been a little bit more scared of that draw but you want to know what the team that we've got now and, and the way that we've beaten the teams in the higher leagues above us bring mm-hmm. it on I don't really care who we get yeah. um, I'm, not, I'm not a massive fan of the League Cup I've, I've mentioned that before but anyway so it's, it's just a bonus if we do well in that for me but more, uh, more importantly, I would love to see us hammer Cowden. I'd absolutely love to see For us once. go and give him a severe pump in. So I, I do fancy our chances against them. And then, of course, the, the Lionel Licking Manky mob, if we can go and give them another pump in as well, then that would make me happy. The, the thing with, with the draw, I mean, obviously, we, we got past Hearts last year, we got past Dundee United. That was two tougher teams than I, I think we were going to be facing in this. Inverness Cali, I'm pretty sure, are going to make a big push to, to get promoted back to the, the Premier this season, so they'll have a good team. But when you look at it, we're playing teams that will just be getting underway as we're getting underway, so there's no big competitive advantage to those opponents. I genuinely don't see why we can't go out there and get through this group. Cowden could be the toughest game. I mean, we, we've already seen that from last season in, in the Cup that we struggled against them. But I think it's very doable. Uh, it's not the worst draw. I like getting a, a five derby. And as long as we can get one over on Wraith, I think I'll be happy. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's, it's not the be-all and end-all for me. Um, other fans are, are more than entitled to, to disagree with me. Obviously, we do have a rich history in, in the competition. But for me, I, I want all focuses to be on on getting to the playoffs this year. And I, I kind of get that bit of a fear with a cup run that it could interfere with that. If we look at how the Iron Brew um, Cup a few years ago, um, now that the Tunnock's Tea Cake Caramel Wafer Chocolate Digestive Trophy got in the way of our promotion push the last time. So 
Yeah, but we'll see how we get on. Um, I'm going to try and get to as many as I can, particularly if we get Hearts or Inverness away, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get to one of the derbies. So, yeah, bring them on. Let's see how we do. Well, see, you say that, and I've seen a lot of folk kind of saying, like you, they, they kind of wouldn't mind a, a trip to, to Inverness. It's a, it's a nice little trip. It's a nice stadium as well. We don't know yet for definite that away fans will actually be allowed into matches it could just be the home fans so there is that aspect to it as well well i'm just gonna do a ball and golly and just go <laughs> stop yeah. me yeah just put on a blue and white scarf doesn't have to be a rover yeah. scarf Ugh, no no chance but yeah i'll just i'll just pitch up you know do you have to i mean inverness is quite far away well we'll have to quarantine for 14 days when we get back or it, well i don't know i think that just seems <laughs> to go out the window in scotland now folk don't seem to be bothering which is bringing us nicely to the, the next little thing that we're going to talk about. Now, we touched on it in last week's show, and it's something that I was genuinely concerned about, that the Premier teams might fuck this up for the rest of us. They certainly seem to be going about doing that, because on the back of the eight Aberdeen players going to their swanky pub and having a few drinks, two of them testing positive for COVID, all eight having to quarantine games getting called off. Then we've got Celtics, ball and golly, having a little jolly off to Spain. Didn't tell the club. Came back. Didn't mention he'd been there. Played in a match, which, considering what's happening in Spain just now, that the, the UK and the Scottish governments have imposed a 14-day quarantine because things are getting out of control there again, is selfish on a number of levels. It's seen Celtics games getting called off which obviously then affects the teams that they're playing as well. It puts Celtic in a pickle as they get ready for the Champions League qualifiers because they're going to have to go straight into that. But aside from the football aspect of it, you've got a guy taking a selfish decision, not knowing if he maybe had caught COVID, and he could have passed it on to anyone that he was about there, who could then have gone to see their parents and passed it on to them. Absolutely selfish bastard. Glad to see Celtic coming out so strongly about it. I think his days are numbered. I'd, I'd be surprised if he plays for Celtic again. And I don't think that's too harsh a punishment because it, it's just selfish beyond the extreme. Before we go into that, did you mean to say Bolingoli on a jolly? No. <laughs> 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 uh, superb. Um, Gordon Smart at the Sun or any of these other people, if you're listening, we're trademarking that. You're going to have to pay for that one. <laughs> but look, you know, you're absolutely right absolute selfish beyond belief and personally and this is with no prejudice towards any of the teams it should be a point deduction at the end yeah. of the day that's your that's your player being controlled of your players and, and i'm telling you now if that wasn't an old firm team the sanction would have been a lot harder oh yeah it's absolutely disgusting um they, they should have been made to forfeit their points for the next game i think it's st johnson they were due to play forfeit your points for that game tough luck because for me it's absolutely 100% out of order um, and I'll tell you what if it was one of the players for East Fife I don't care if it's Scott Agnew and Dunsmore whatever they did it I would want them out of the club because at the yep. end of the day that it's not just about the team it's not just about you know yourself as an individual there's so many repercussions that stupid stupid actions like that can have um, I don't even really want to get further into it because it annoys me so much yeah um, if we look at it then from the football side Nicola Sturgeon's now said that's a yellow card. There's been two incidents. If there's another incident, realistically, they could shut Scottish football down before we even get to kick a ball. 
And then it's the small clubs that are needing to get back playing, getting the money through the turnstiles or whatever, that's needing the money. And it's it's worrying because it's happening here in MLS as well. They're going back to playing in what they call their home markets. So they're going back to playing in their cities. The first game was on Wednesday night and it was FC Dallas playing Nashville who were the two teams that were sent home from the tournament because their players had tested positive because they'd been out and about before the tournament. So they had to play each other to make the games up. But Dallas let fans go in and there was nearly 3,000 fans there. And in the area that they're in, it said that if there was 100 people meeting, there was a 99% chance that somebody in that group would have COVID. So now you've had 3,000 people there. But that aside... I was on a conference call with the commissioner of Major League Soccer at the weekend and he was asked, look what happened in Scotland with Aberdeen. How do you make sure that the players don't test positive or get something? And he said, oh, you've just got to trust the players to, to act sensibly. I think they've just shown you can't act the players to trust sensibly. There's got to be some kind of punishment. MLS are looking that if a player does breach it, then they're going to get punished financially. And I think Scottish football has to do the same thing. For me, you know, a month's wages and all that money should trickle either to charities for COVID-19 or, or people that have lost family members for COVID-19 or put it in the pot to go to the words of the, the teams in the lower leagues to start paying for their COVID tests. You know, even I think that the players should be punished, but also I, I strongly believe that the club should be punished as well because if if the club, if it's just the player that goes punished by it and not the club, then the club aren't going to be then seen to be taking any sort of a tougher stance on it. Now, don't get me wrong, Celtic's um, statement was admirable, et cetera, et cetera. But fundamentally, the the message needs to be loud and clear. If your players are caught doing this again, as in going out on the lash and then coming back with COVID now, obviously if there would have to be evidence, but it should be 3.5, point fine, point fine, whatever. Don't be a dickhead. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the message. Hammer at home, and I do feel sorry for Celtic if they genuinely did not know he'd gone away. It is tough to control the players. I spoke about last week, one of our guys here went and played a, a game in a park. You, you can only control them so much, but I mean, hopefully it doesn't come to anything worse and that football is not kind of pushed back further. I just wanted to get that out of the way early in the show, just so we can enjoy the rest of it, because we're both obviously very angry about it, as a lot of folk are in Scottish football. So let's, let's let's take the mood down a little bit and we'll get into one of our new sections or one of our newer sections. Bring you some music to, to soothe the nerves and get over this. So it's time for the latest Have You Heard, Lee? So yeah, Mike, I'm absolutely delighted to, to bring this section to you um, from another Fife band, Moonlight Zoo. So Moonlight Zoo are a, a band from Dunfermline, Four Piece. I absolutely love the song that we're going to play for you. But just to let you know, if you haven't heard which is why it's called Have, uh, Have You Heard, they actually went out and won a huge prize worldwide um, from Hard Rock Cafe in a Battle of the Bands contest. And the final of that was held in New York. Um, and they won $15,000, which is absolutely brilliant. I really, really like them. They, they remind me a bit of the sort of two-door cinema club, happy, guitar, exactly everything I love in a song. And do you want to know what? I'm sorry if, if you don't like it, but I certainly do. I've, I've let a few people hear it, but here it is. This is this week's Have You Heard feature, Moonlight Zoo with Get You Out. I came in peace now, but I'm leaving with evil. Got a 
So that was uh, Moonlight Zoo with Get You Out. Let us know what you think about that on social media and be sure to give them a follow. They've interacted with us back and forward. You can find them on Twitter at underscore Moonlight Zoo. A bunch of really happy, friendly guys um, and I'm sure they'll be delighted to hear from you and get a little follow too. Yeah, it's one again, I might need to listen to it. It didn't grab me right away. Some of the other ones were really good. Like I've had Phil Charletta's song stuck in my head all week actually. So stuff like that has been good. That one, nah, not not as much for me, but I, I'm old. I'm not probably their target market right now. No, um, maybe if they were going to be playing it in like a black and white video or something like that, it might be more up your street. Uh, but no, For the art, music- artiness. Yeah, um, not for the fact that you're old as. Um, but Michael, we've touched on it before, your music taste was generally pretty impeccable. I'm just wondering if you are just past it. Maybe you've just reached your cell by date. Uh, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot uh, of punk and rap. That's most of the stuff that I'm listening to these days. And yeah, I, I mentioned on last week's show, I've been getting into my Scottish rap. I've got a football Scottish rap song that I might might bring us in next week's show. But that that's for another another time. We'll have that in, in wavelength. 
But yeah, if you're a local band, get in touch with us. Particularly Fife, Edinburgh bands, maybe Dundee as well. We'd like to keep it East Coast for, for as much as possible, at least to start with. So drop us a message, glorydaysofgold at gmail.com or on Twitter at glorydaysofgold. It's something that I'd wanted to, to introduce that into our radio show out here in Canada for a while and I hadn't got around to doing it. So this has actually kick-started me into doing it. So the bands that we play that I like, I'll also play on our radio show so you'll get some Canadian airplay. And then that lets you claim royalties and stuff for, for things as well. So, yeah, impress us. Just an, another little tidbit. I've actually lined up an interview next week with local singer-songwriter Cameron Barnes um, who reached the top 50 with his latest single, oh. and he's an East Fife fan. Oh, there's not many of them. That's two in a couple of yes. weeks. This is fantastic. So I discovered Cameron Barnes very recently, and I'm hoping to, he's basically just said that he's delighted to come on the, the show. So basically, I found out through chatting to him that his uncle is Jim Stevenson. Wow. Oh, so that's gonna, fantastic. There's going to be a real family feel to it, and he says that once things are back to normal, he's getting the tartan shirt and coming to all the games. So we'll be delighted to hopefully bring to you an interview with Cameron Barnes. And between now and then, I've not decided which song that I'm going to play from him, but definitely check him out on, on Spotify. He's along the lines of sort of Louis Capaldi, um, but excellent. He was also in the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Um, oh. So this is a guy with a lot of musical pedigree, so definitely give him a listen. You can find him on Twitter at Cami, C-A-M-M-Y Music. Um, I've put a few of my friends on him, and there's not a single person that I've recommended a song to that hasn't liked it. So maybe I've got a chance to put a smile on your face next week, Ah, I will check it out. Something else that's going to put a smile on your face now is our interview with Doogie Cameron. Doogie played two seasons for the Fife between 2007 and 2009. He won a championship in that 2007-08 season, making 72 appearances, 10 goals, He's had a, a career that's seen him play with Dundee, Peterhead, Montrose, even a spell down in Australia. Recent years he's been playing in the juniors round about Dundee and he just recently hung his boots up this summer after an 18-year career in the game. So sit back, make your favourite hot beverage, grab a chocolate digestive and enjoy our chat with Doogie Cameron. All right, troops. How you doing? How's it going? So, f- first thing we're asking, Dougie, just a lot of the guys that we have coming on. What's what was the lockdown and this whole COVID period like for you? Was it was it a struggle out there, or did you kind of cope pretty well with everything? It was tough. It was tough. I mean, we're uh, myself and my wife both both sort of family related, family orientated, and it was tough. Uh, tough about the grandparents. I've got a young lass, a young five year old, and like everyone else, you know, it was we found that a struggle sort of thing. You know, the weather is a bonus. You can maybe sit in gardens and things like that, but we find it tough. Um, but now we're sort of easing back into it. But you still need to be careful. Um, you're never sure, are you? Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, for us, very, very tough. Yeah, we had done really well out here. And it's like even things like CNN, the States, were talking about how good things had been here. And then I think folks just got really complacent. And we yesterday, 
We're recording this all on Thursday. Yesterday, Wednesday, had our third highest day ever during the whole crisis. Because folk are just like, oh, it's okay. There's not, it's not yeah, a risk anymore. It's okay. It's okay. But you see what's happening up in Aberdeen and things yeah. like that. And, you know, people think it never happened to us. But, yeah, it is tough. Um, I mean, the majority are are abiding by the rules. But you always get a few idiots. All right. Well, let's yeah. get into the, the happier stuff. Yeah. Let's get into the football stuff. Now, you're from a footballing family. I know your, your dad, Kenny, played for both Dundee teams, Kelly, Montrose. He also managed Montrose and managed in the, the, the juniors or St. Joseph's and stuff as well. I mean, was there ever any doubt then, coming from that kind of pedigree, that you were going to be involved in the game in some kind of capacity? Dad never put any pressure. My older brother, he was a good, he was a striker. Excellent. But Dad never put any pressure on us. Um just go and enjoy it. Uh, we never, I never probably started until I was about 13, 14. I was always kicking the ball about beforehand, but just in terms of getting involved for boys clubs and there was never a pressure to play or if I didn't enjoy it. I mean, my nephews, all the family now, there's, there's probably about, it's 50-50 between them. Some like the football, some don't, some like golf and it's whatever you enjoy as a kid. But for us, me myself and my brother, we loved it. Absolutely loved it. When, when did you know then that you had what it took that you, you could play in the pro game? Uh, I played with a local boys club. It was West End Boys. And the boys that run it, they were just, you know, they maybe never had all your badges and all this that you need these days, but they were just, they, they made you enjoy football. Uh, just like you run about daft, enjoy it, playing with your mates, playing with all the boys. And we, we loved it. Absolutely loved it. Now, obviously, your dad would have been one of your, your footballing heroes when you were a kid. But, I mean, who else did, did you admire when you were growing up? And did you regularly go and watch any of the teams? Like, did you go and watch one of the Dundee teams in particular? Or who, who was we your United team? men. We're all United men. But sort of when I was growing up, dad was manager just at locally. It was like Canusti and St. Joseph's. And my brother was playing for them. So me and my, my pals, we'd, we'd go and watch that. And the family would go and watch these type of games. Um uh, yeah, we just enjoyed it, just loved it. Uh, so probably, yeah, definitely looked up to my dad and my brother and things like that. As cringy as that bloody sounds, but no. they were brilliant, absolutely superb growing up. I think that that's a, that's a great thing to do because it's like not many folk can can say that their their dad played uh, properly in in Scottish football. Like lots of folks' parents maybe played juniors or amateur or whatever. But I mean, your dad had a good career and. And the boys say that's the only reason I signed for fucking Dundee was because of my dad, like, you know. So, so, well, you're yeah, always going to get jealousy folk and stuff close. saying stuff like that, though. Yeah, that was my brother bloody saying it. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, so the real question is, are you your dad's favourite then if you got the, the Dundee game? Number two, son. Number two, son. Uh, uh, Sorry to hear that, mate. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. I know that I'm number one, but it's because I'm the only one. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so you, you started your career obviously at Dundee. You made eleven appearances, and including one with a, a Mr. Bobby Lynn, um, which I believe was at Motherwell. But you made your debut um, in a, a one 0 loss for Motherwell. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so we were, we were. I actually went out on loan before that. Uh, that's why I've got the worst bloody memory in the world. We, I went on loan before the season before that to Peterhead, and that's where I sort of learned everything. That's where I went. The goalkeeping coach at the time was Paul Mathers, and he took me up there. I'm sort of youth team, reserve team. Then he took me to Peterhead, and it just opened my eyes. And 
realised what had standard I had to get to. I mean, these boys were they were grafting, working their bollocks off all day and going to train at night, putting everything into it. Whereas we were full time, you know, days off and things like that. And it, you probably do take a lot for granted, but that was an eye opener and that sort of that was a kick up the arse I needed at that time. Um, great pros, superb pros. First game we're away to Air United and in the the hotel beforehand, the boy says we're going up to one of the lads, I think it was Craig Tully's room, game of cards. Fucking went in, bath was full, ice, about 40 to 50 tenants in there, scooping. No problem at all. Five, six beers, game of cards, two in the morning, game the next day, brilliant. And that, that's, it was a fucking eye-opener. Absolute fucking eye-opener for me. But loved every minute of it. Loved every minute. Then, when I was doing my, my Diggy well, Cameron research, I, was, I believe that your, your pre-match ritual was two bottles of red wine, no? Oh, I love old red wine. Love the red wine. Never told anybody about that, but who you know, told you that? Is that Smart Dog? No, there's, you no. did an interview in 2016 with Brought A oh. Athletic and it's on their website. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> standard that they brought it was terrible. That's how you probably got away with it. Uh, but yeah, like a couple <laughs> of glasses of red wine. So what about any stories from your time at Dundee then? Because you, you would have been at Dundee when there was a lot of good players kicking about. Brilliant. Uh, I, I, made, I was a centre mid, sort of centre midfield when I started Dundee, right through it. Uh, obviously no legs. I had a wee bit of burn at them. And, you know, go, probably going through the motions then. We were training with the first team, myself, Hank Linney, Jabba, Neil Jablonski, Carl McDonald. We were all getting a wee sniff. And the left back was injured, the boy Johnny Hernandez. And manager asked me to play sort of left back in a, a game and did all right in a wee uh, sort of bounce match. Did okay. Then the Saturday I was playing. So that, that's, that's the way it went. Like I'd never played left back beforehand and sort of got thrown into that one against Motherwell. And obviously, Lenny was left mid. And, you know, good players, really, really good players. Your Spironis, smartest slot people, Ravinelli, one of his bollocks. But boys like that and, oh, Brilliant, absolutely fantastic. What was what was Ravinelli like to be around? Because he just seems like a complete nutter. And and, ah, and yes, Jay, Jay has been told me to say this. <laughs> he probably is an arrogant bastard, but no, honestly, I was hanging off his balls like he couldn't have beat it. The old top over the head and all this type of carry on. Brilliant, absolutely. I mean, looking back, you know, it's it's crazy that you were playing with these sort of boys um, at a young age and. It was, it was just a different level, a different world, to be honest. It seems like a different, it seems like a different time ago. Like, you know, it was, it was bonkers even thinking about it. You have to think, I mean, I don't know if you were there at the same time. I didn't do enough research on that. But, like, I remember Kanija signing for Dundee. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, how the hell are Dundee signing Kanija and, and boys like that? Um, yeah. And then, obviously, Ravenelli as well. So, anyway, I Ravenelli, so- Ravenelli. First, uh, we played a lot of practice match. And you know Neil Jablonski, Jabas? Yeah, yeah, he played for yeah. us as well. Yeah, great lad. Absolutely great lad. So, he was freaking... It was like first team against the, the Mickey Mousers, like the, the, the youth team in reserves. But the key, we never had a keeper. So, Jabba was in the goals. Fucking big barn and all that. Ravenelli, first touch on there. Was at uh, St. Joseph's ground. Oh, what a place that was. They're very, very dangerous. He just fucking lobbed it from the halfway line, right over Jabba's head, first touch. D- different, different level. 
different gravy. He must have arrived at St. Joseph's ground and went, what the fuck exactly. am I doing here? <laughs> There's boys going about on these fucking scrambler bikes at half time, right through the bloody park and oh, jeezy peeps, fucking bonkers. So we know that you went to, to Peterhead on loan, like you mentioned, you played 27 times and scored your your first pro goal there. How did yeah. the move to Peterhead, obviously I know that you've said that, that Mathers was that took you up and he, he's another player that I don't think played many times for East Fife, but was that us for a spell? Did you just sort of take your chance there and go, right, I'll go and show what I could do there while hoping getting into the first team? Definitely. They sort of bummed up there. It was like a little family club, well run, uh, good facilities. They trained in Aberdeen and there was a squad of us that went up in a little people carrier. Um, a few boys travelling, uh, a few boys travelled from like Stirling, Glasgow, picked us up in Dundee and brilliant, absolutely brilliant time there. Uh, learned a lot, definitely. Just the other side of things, uh, just an attitude towards playing, you know. Uh, Travel, work all day, travel at night, play football, back, give you every, give you everything on a Saturday, and it definitely opened the eyes. So you eventually moved there permanently. So how did the the full time sort of dream, if you were, die? And then was it a decision that you made yourself, or was it one that was made for you? I spoke to the Duff fellow Baldy, and he, I was, I was in and out, was sort of on the bench. So I wasn't, I was. I wasn't, I wasn't, a, you know, the first name sort of on the team sheet and might get a wee 10 minutes here and there. And Peter had, I loved my time there before and I never even thought about it going part-time. But I just knew, knew enjoyed it and knew most of the boys and it was a no-brainer. I needed a fresh start. I was sort of at the old crossroads and playing on reserve football and all this bollocks and just fancied it. And it's probably the best move I could have done. Like, loved my time at Peter Head. Loved it. Was there any other clubs sniffing about you at that point, or had you had your sort of heart set on Peter Head? There was a couple of the part-time clubs, uh, but I never really fancied it. Uh, and I sort of I knew the dressing room there. Uh, went on trial at St Johnston, and that fell through. And then Peter Head came up, and I knew the boys. I knew I played with the manager beforehand, and uh, as a player, and he came in as a manager. And it was just a no-brainer. Loved it. Loved my time up there. Looking back, the fucking travelling and this type of stuff. I was going to ask you about that. Because, like, getting yeah. to Aberdeen's fine, but that road then yeah. to Peterhead can be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, we just look for the travel home. It's, you know, you're about eight to ten beers on the way home, maybe a couple of glasses of red wine. And that's all we, because I was single at the time, and we fucking loved it. Ripped the arse right out on the way home. <laughs> well, but you, you got your, your big move after that. You came to East Fife. 72 games with us over two seasons, 10 goals scored, you won the, the league championship in the 2007-8 season. I mean, you made the left-back position your own in that time, but how, how did how did the move come about? Was it just a case that you ended up tagging along with the Dundee boys, or like how how, how did the interest come about? I went, the baker, I'd sort of been speaking to the baker, uh, it was a new manager at Peter Head, it was Pelly that just come in, Steve Patterson, and it's been speaking to the baker, and Jabba asked me at a game, went to the hospitality, the Queen's Park game. Remember the, it must have been just before I had signed or whatever. And yeah, Jabba gave me hospitality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was, we went through with a couple of boys. Absolutely pissed. I do all these five tire in the nap bar and in the boardroom. Bloody hell. Spoke to the baker after. He was thinking, asking me what I thought of the game. 
never had a fucking scooby what the score was there. And I said, you did all right. Blah, blah, blah. He says, you fancy it coming in? Uh, I says, oh, hi. Oh, hi. Definitely. So that got sort of the, the wheels turning. And I think he's five foot to put in a bid. And it accepted then. Yeah, came along. Came along. Fancied it. Closer to home as well. And yeah. I knew a couple of the boys that were signing. Uh, I, knew th- I knew there was going to be good things there. So, yeah, it was good. Well, you had two seasons at Bayview. A lot of memories, as I mentioned. You, you won the championship. Where does that rank then in your career highlights? Is it right at the, at the top? That's up there. Right up there. I had a couple of promotions, Peterhead and a couple of other things later on. But just to lift that trophy, once again, it seems like a different lifetime ago. But yeah. right, right up there. Uh, and with the group of boys that we, we did it, we were sort of best pals there. And it was just a good, good memories. Very, very good memories. Well, so many of the boys that we've had on the show, I mean, they talk about that dressing room as being something special and like one of the best dressing rooms that, that, that they've had in their career. It, do you, is that how you look back on it? I mean, how does it compare to other ones that you've been in? Definitely. I mean, the first time Baker phoned and he says, uh, you're going to meet the boy Jonathan Smart. I never knew anything about him. He said, uh, Lloyd, we Lloyd Young's on holiday, so if you could just go and pick up Smarty. So I'm like, I don't know the boy. Uh, I said, what's he like? Ah, oh, good lad, blah, blah, blah. Waiting outside Smarty's house for about half an hour. No show, no show, no show. Baker, he's, no, he's called off sick. I'm like, for fuck's sake. So half an hour late for fucking meeting the boys. They're all out training. I'm trying to get my bloody kit on. They must think, who is this fucking baldy bandit? Like, you know? So he says, hey, Smarty's going to be there on Wednesday. So I'm like, right, I'll go up for him. No bother at all. He fucking stepped in the car, and I don't think he took a breath. He spoke the whole fucking way through, through all these wee coopers and all these ones. I had to go and see the fucking physio for a couple of paracetamol when I got out of the car. Jesus. <laughs> I'm thinking, what, what, have I, what have I done? What have I done? Anyone uh, that listened to him on our show know he can certainly talk. Oh, gee, it's, you can talk for Britain. I mean, it's, it's it's OTT at times, but lovable. That's all I'm going to say about him. He's lovable. Well, we've had a lot of stories from the guys from that time in the in the locker room. I mean, what's, what's your memories of that time? Any good stories you want to share or any standout moments? So many. So many. Um, uh, this is your turn to really dob them in. I'm not, I'm not to do them I'm, a, I'm a lover. I'm a lover. They've slaughtered me. Probably Smarty's got on to it. Shagger, Lenny, all these boys. But I'm a lover. Remember we won the league. Uh, East Stirling. So all out piss. Got money from my pal Willie. Great. Great lad. <laughs> got a big kitty for the boys. Out. Falkirk. Piss. Went back to Greg McDonald's flat. Sleeper, they've probably had, I've got the smelliest feet in the world. I mean, disaster. So I'm on the sofa. I don't know where his girlfriend was. I think she was out. So I've launched my socks, taken the pillowcases, put my socks in there, put my socks in there. Torture, absolute torture. So Greg comes to train on Monday. He says, fucking girlfriend's going off her head. There's still your aroma about the bloody living room. I'm like, Greg, I'm not sure about that. Wednesday. He says, it's fucking singing. Where were you sleeping? <laughs> I think it was on the floor. So he's fucking cleaning the floor and all this. I don't even know if his socks are out. It's pillowcase, but his missus must have had them right next to her nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, I fucking never had the heart to tell him, but look at Buck, man. What the fuck am I doing? We've <laughs> <laughs> had Greg on, and uh, I'll be sure to send him a text after this to, oh, to let him know, look, mate, you need to check him. Hopefully he's been these pillows anyway. It was 10 years ago, but he's tight. He's probably still got them. Did, did, you, did you ever confess to that? Never. I just, I just, Possibly after a few beers, but I can't think of doing it. So hopefully he's changed his pillowcases. <laughs> <laughs> so superb. So I have been in touch with um, some of your, your former colleagues. Task is in many. Well, to be fair, we're going to give uh, Lenny his due here. His exact words were absolute gentleman, the nicest oh. guy in the dressing room. Well, Don't have I, a bad word to say about him. Now, I've got a theory. No, I've got a theory here. He's shiting it because you've got something on him. <laughs> on Lenny? Aye, that's, that's my theory. He was sending me voice drops today. Lenny's all right. Jason, I was listening to the previous podcast and Lenny's all right. He goes a bit AWOL on the drink, but no real stories to write home about. Yeah. So he's all right. Your pal Johnny Smart, on the other hand, mm-hmm. <laughs> he did say that he has the smelliest feet in Scotland. But he yeah, into uh, that one. yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. My wife might argue with you, but we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the back of that one, I spoke to a fan who wanted to pass on her love to you. So Lauren Higgins, obviously, you were her favourite player, and then she did some work with you when she was doing her placement. So she says, "Yeah, make nice sure you stuff. tell Dougie I said hi." Um, Brilliant. Yeah, well, we're going to come on to that as well. Yeah, so. I, I don't know any of these things either, Dougie. He's kept these from me, so this is all, all fresh for me as well. I'm fucking bollock. The name, Dougie Dakar, has been mentioned by a few of the boys. You want to tell us where that comes from? It's, I, I, it runs in the camera and it's just very, very large buttocks. Uh, you know, I, I do work out with them. I try and, try and do a wee bit on them, but... It's just that it's massive. It's massive. Massive arse. And it's Dougie Duckass. And that's it. Straightforward. More importantly, do you remember the song East Five fans used to sing to you? I can't. I can't, Lee. I cannot. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm good at blanking things out. I'm, I, I very, can't very either. Good. Sing it. Am I going to have to sing again? I, 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 I'm, I don't know what it is. Well, I've serenaded the last few guests, so it was Dougie Cameron, Dougie, Dougie Cameron, Dougie Cameron, Dougie Cameron. Then Shirk Patterson would pipe in, his baldy head, his sweet left foot, his porno sight. And then for some reason, Grant Mankell was, uh, one was, he shagged a dog. So you can confirm or deny that one. Then it was Dougie Cameron, Dougie, Dougie Cameron. I so remember the Dookie bits. I don't remember all the other bits. Yeah. Yep. Your arms and legs on these boys. No, that was that, that I could testify. I went to I every game vaguely, two and it was true. Um, so there you go. I thought I'd sing you your song. And if any other East Fife fans want to confirm that they remember that, I would be grateful if you can get in touch with us on the social so I don't look like a complete dick. <laughs> uh, it's just some <laughs> weird dream that you've had. <laughs> Uh, many people were dreaming about a team of Johnny Smart, so I was dreaming about a team of Dougie Cameron's. Eh? So, <laughs> shagging a dog, apparently. I know, yeah. That was a hand job, actually. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
In an interview with the Match Programme, you were asked your favourite website, and at the time you said it was RedTube, which it then got printed in the programme. Mm. I still remember that, and legendary status for that, by the way. So yeah, what I wanted yeah. to find out is, have you moved on since RedTube? What's the voice up the stairs? It's a, it's a tricky question, Lee. It's a tricky, tricky, tricky question. <laughs> I'm all balls and no willy, but I have moved on from RedTube to answer it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed it 2007 2008 but yeah I've hung it up I've hung up the old friendship it's a way but fond memories fond memories super mate super <laughs> the Bobby Lynn camp experience you need to tell your version of that about you and yeah. Jay you need to tell your story of that because the, the Just, feedback yeah. we've had in that story has been brilliant just a great, you know, it was a great day. We met at uh, train station Dundee, had a uh, couple of beers, and we called it. We knew Lenny wasn't coming. You get something in its head, you'll go elsewhere, you won't turn up, you'll be out the night before. So, head through. What a great day! Great day sitting in the social in Glasgow. Once again, mutton dressed as lamb, you know, smartly talking, 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 talking. Great day, sunny, half gas. And a tramp comes by. <laughs> lovely, lovely lad. So we get him in for a couple of beers. He's having a couple of beers. Fucking expensive, by the way. Tramp for the day. But comes in and we're saying, we'll get you. You fancy being Bobby? We Lenny, hang. We're going to the, the Hilton. I'm not going to do the Ouija accent, but he's like, oh, he's all over it. He's fucking all over it. Try the tucks and all this type of stuff. And I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, what is going on? Because <laughs> all thought Lenny was going to win this. And the fucking boy at the door, he's like, yeah, I mean, you knew, you knew he was a wee bit, couple of sandwiches short of the hamper, but the boy was like, absolutely no chance. It could have been, it could have gone down in history. Ifs, buts, and maybes, but we got refused. Well, he got refused. And Lenny never won the prize. Thank fuck. I need to ask the question what happened to the suit? Did you get it back? We got it back. We got it back. I can't. That's a good question. Actually, I wonder that. Did we get that back? I can't. I can't even answer that. I can't even think. I was right in there. As soon as he was in, I was in. So I take it to you. Selfish bandit. But I, I don't even know. Can't answer that one. And did you end that night yourself with your clothes on because you've got a bit of a reputation for um, stripping down to the buff? God knows why. Honestly, if you see my physique. I do not know why, and that evening, uh, yeah, good part uh, in the lift, you've probably heard, came down, and usually lifts, anytime you're trying to get a lift, the fucking doors close, I come down, start bollock, fucking Neil Lennon and all these boys are just looking me up and down, thinking, who is this baldy, overweight dickhead, and the lift just does not close, and I'm just still standing there like, oh, hello. <laughs> well, like for 10 minutes, but you know, when it zips up, the air conditioning was on in that lift as well. It was chilly. Well, I hope you survived that anyway. And also, I, um, I wanted to remember your uh, your streaking at the Player of the Year dance as well. We are yeah. lap around the on a. <laughs> I think that was the last, was that my last? I think I was on the second year. I think that's when I was ready to go, and I just went for it. and God no! To this day, I don't even know where my clothes went. I know it was my manus somewhere in that. Put them in the bin, and I had to go in a home in a pair of the old underpants. 
So a disaster. It was good part at the time, but looking back, what a fucking idiot. Well, speaking of being a fucking idiot, um, you, <laughs> gave a, gave, you gave a speech at the Championship Player of the Year. Do you remember what you said? Uh, not a clue. As I say, memory, blank. Good season, boys were great. Manager, average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. The thing with the Baker is, uh, the Baker, sort of on him, uh, he just knew... He had a lot, of, a lot of characters in that dressing room, but he knew we could do it for him on a Saturday, and he just knew how to manage us. And you know, you take your hat off looking back, some of the bloody things the boys were up to. He just knew how to manage manage us as a team, and that's probably why we got the success. Um, and you know, I still speak to him today. Like you know, he's a good lad, excellent, very, very good lad. Well, put a word in for him because we would absolutely love to have him on the show, but he's, he's quite an elusive man to get a hold of. So if you could put yeah. a word in for us, that would be great. Yeah. I got no a reply doubt. from Stephen Tweed, by the way, for our listeners. Who went, Tweedy. Yeah, I sent it to Jay because Jay was trying to put me in touch with him. Um, and I'll read it out word for word because I kind of was taken a bit back by it. So I sent him a really nice professional message. Hi, Stephen. Yes. My name's Lee Gillis, and I host Scottish football fo- podcast, Glory Days of Gold. We mainly focus on these five. You've been spoken a lot by our guests and fans, and we want to hear what you've got to say. Just wondered if this is something you'd be interested in doing. Thanks, Lee. Not interested, thanks. Good luck with your podcast. Please <laughs> <laughs> say thanks. Okay. I was like, oh, I'll just go fuck myself then. Right, just for that TV. <laughs> Wait, Big Tweedy is the most, he's a, he's a big arrogant bandit. But I remember, I don't know if I've still got the bass in the home dressing room at um, East Fife, but we were all having a bath after one of the training sessions and I was just away to buy a house and Tweedy, I don't know, he's a, I know he's a millionaire, but he's like a financial advisor, gets your mortgages and all these type of things. So I just shoved it over. I was like, Tweets, I said, uh, look to buy a house. I said, what do you think I should do? Like a, a, a fixed mortgage or go variable rate? Or, and he's just sort of drying his bollocks off of this Dusseldorf towel in between. He says, mortgage? What are those things? They sound horrible. <laughs> and just continue just to dry his bollocks. Like, you know, just arrogant, arrogant, arrogant man. But... You need you need the Stephen Tweed in there, like you know he's he's, he's comedy gold. Like what you need to do, Lee, is you need to go to him for a mortgage appointment, and then in between him asking you questions, you say, "What was that game like?" Uh, he's five, and then you're recording everything, and then just piece that together as his interview. And then when he asked me, "Oh, so what do you think about going for a mortgage?" I'll just say, "Not interested, thanks." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Run that right up your arse. <laughs> The other one, I heard one of the other boys mention when we were in Edinburgh and he went into the bloody uh, Chinese restaurant and he started speaking Japanese. I mean, he's, he's clubbed cuckoo land at times, but Billy Big Balls, but he's he's an okay lad. Like. I would have liked him on the show just to hear some of that, but yeah, I, I have a feeling we might have fallen out with him over the course of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good chance, like. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about like, comedy characters and comedy gold Lee has asked a few guys this before but the ferry incident you were getting the blame for that as the instigator you know it was it was just a day that was just totally blown out of proportion and the club were gutted at the end of it but what a fucking day great day <laughs> full booner full booner so to speak 
Um, a few scoops all day. I heard Jay speaking about that. Just overcooked it. Over, overcooked it. And I had a wee bit, of, I think I picked off a Lloydie and it was just a little bit of rice off the old uh, chicken tikka or whatever. It just, uh, honestly, you couldn't cut any better shot right in the middle of his forehead. And Lloydie is erratic. I know Jay said he's got marbles in the mouth after a couple of beers and he just picked it up and he, he went berserk and it hit the family. And oh, from that moment, that's when we thought, shit, um, what's going on? <laughs> Police and everything involved, but yeah, it was never, you know, you know. Uh, Bibby I'd love was to be the fly the for that. Bibby was on the ground eating the chicken tikka. He, he never lets anything <laughs> go to waste. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, right. it was, yeah, it was, it was good night Vienna after that. But we'll stop roasting you for a bit. We'll get back to the football stuff. Right, you left his fife. You went back to, to Peterhead again, third spell. I don't know if you were trying to get into the prison or something, if that's why you kept going up there. So. It was on day release. <laughs> so, yeah. But then after that, you, you went down to Australia. I can't mind the name of the lad that went down there, but I guess he had something to, to do with you going yeah, it was down there. Gary, Gary Greenhill. Um, was it Gary was that went the, to Australia? Yeah. I was at the old midlife crisis at probably about 28 and halfway through my time, Peter Ed, he, he just said the manager was after the left back, blah, 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 and just went for it. I just thought, fuck it. I thought bloody going from Peter Head to East Fife was a big step, fucking <laughs> Peter Head to bloody Melbourne. Uh, and it was good. It was good. It was a good time. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. He was across there with his girlfriend and yeah, it was good. Nice wee club and it was just a different Different lifestyle, obviously, but um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you not want to, to stay longer than the one year? Or was that not family an Family man. Family, family, family man. But, uh, I, yeah, I could have stayed on, but I came home, surprised the family. Um, still got dogs abuse for staying back, so I had to return back. I just never went. And, you know, the first, it's, the fit is in it. Super fit. First training session was like, we're just going outside Melbourne up the coast, lovely little place. Uh, pick you up at five o'clock. I'm like, yeah, five o'clock right, in the morning. So we're training at six o'clock because of the heat. Then he says, we do beach work uh, at lunchtime. And I'm beach work. I'm thinking, my body is no made for beach work with these hunks. <laughs> so he said, just get the top off. I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> I've just been enjoying myself, honestly. I've, honestly, I've never been put through my paces like that. Um, running on sand, running on water, running on sand, running up hills. It was just, you're, they're, they're super fit. They're hopeless, but they're, they're fit lads. It's kind of, football's taken off a lot more down there now, though, as well, because you've got the A-League and the, there's a, a number of teams. Do, do you have any regrets that you didn't stay? Uh, nah, no regrets. No regrets. I enjoyed it. It was a season... Uh, enjoyed the lifestyle, enjoyed it. Games were on a Monday night, which was torture. I am not a Monday man at the best of times, but let alone being on the last Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then trying to play on a Monday. No for me. But thoroughly enjoyed it. Met some really, really good people. And as I say, it was good, good lifestyle. Very good. Uh, we stayed Melbourne then. Went to visit Jabba again. He was down in uh, Coogee. Sydney, so I was down there a few weekends and loved it, loved it. I think it was, I think Jabba was the guy I was thinking about as being the, the guy that had been yeah. down there, because I knew someone he's else still there. He's oh. still there, he came, he came last year, I got married last year and he came to my stag do 
in Marbella. He flew from Sydney for three days, which says everything about the man. Just brilliant. Love him. We hear all the stories on the show of like what it's like in Scottish football and the, the dressing rooms and everything like that. I know from here, it's a very different attitude from the players. They're not... The drinking culture is not the same. They're a lot more professional, stuff like that. Did you find that in Australia as well? Uh, the boys were all right. They couldn't really drink. Uh, I mean, I can't drink, but these boys can't drink. But they were, you know, the weather's nice. So at nights they'll be out jogging. They'll be out on the beach and that sort of So you'll know yourself. If the weather's nice, you tend to be active. Uh, and that's one thing. But, I mean, my body napper, it was too hot. I mean, I love the current bun, but that was that was that was rosy toasty. I, I I struggle here when it's in the the low to mid twenties. It sometimes gets into the thirties, but I mean, even even the twenties is a bit tough for me. But yeah, it's not as bad Even as that, it was it was different. Yeah, it was different. Um, took a lot of getting used to, but it was good. As I say, lifestyle, everything fantastic in the club. As soon as I went in there, you know, there was a barbecue and everything. So you meet boys right away and they were great lads, probably like Dev over uh, Canada. You, they're friendly, friendly buggers. Like. So, I mean, you came back and you, you went to Montrose and obviously your dad had played there and managed there. Was that weird kind of following in your dad's footsteps in that way? Not at all. Uh, I never even, I, I forgot about dad at Montrose. It was Tweedy, the, the, the manager was, and and Heggy, my pal, he was there and they just got me in because they knew I was coming home or home. Uh, and that's the way that sort of came about. And Jinky was there as well, actually, refarming him. So that came about there. Um, and it was good. I mean, Trose was all right. I wouldn't go overboard, but it was all right. Um, some good good guys again. But when they, when I was at Peter Head and East Fife, loved that, loved that. Um, and Montrose was, yeah, it was okay. That's cool. Then, so I can really say that. Montrose was your last senior club, and then I know you went and played juniors kind of locally. What made you decide to, to go to the junior game and not stay in the seniors? Yeah, that's Montrose, you know, they offered a contract. And I mean, as soon as you go juniors, I know Lenny got out of it, but it was on a slippery. Nobody will they'll think you're just, you know, you can't be arsed or whatever. But, you know, I went to Malingere there, and I know the boys have touched on that, but completely not utter shambles. But, yeah, I've always been a Belingere fan. <laughs> Everyone is. You, you were most recently playing with Lochie, and then I, I just read on their website last month that you decided to, to hang up the boots. What what was it that made it now the time that you wanted to do that? Uh, I, I felt it sort of last season. I mean, touch on Lochie, brilliant, absolutely superb. What a, what a club. Um, love them. Great, well-run club, family club, best in the town. Um, and loved it. It was a tough decision, but... I just, I knew it was the time and I've looked back, the boys have been texting and I've not got any regrets on that um, and they've offered me to sort of, sort of touch on coaching and things like that so the door's open there I think but you know I love I love Lockheed um, and you never know, you never know. I, I was going to ask then, like what's your, what's your plans for now then? It's like do you want to still be involved in the game and do coaching or are you just going to be more just watching it now? Definitely love it. Um, I mean, it's been in me for. I've been in the family. I've been, you know, it's gone through us. And you know, I have enjoyed lockdown with my family. Uh, young last at school today, and you know, I just sort of. I know lockdowns come on, so I'm not really missing anything at this this point. I know the boys have been training once a week in small groups, and 
you never say never. Um, maybe if a little offer comes up or whatever, you know, the, the head might be turned, but we'll wait and see. I'll definitely want to get back in at some stage, but I know the longer you leave it, the more the, you're forgotten about or whatever. But definitely something I would like to get back into. So obviously you've touched there on on your boyhood club, Blingray, uh, sorry. Yeah. My, my question... The question I want to ask is, is have you framed any of your brown envelopes for the league day? <laughs> They're all soiled and I've had them in my track of going to sleep. <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> Wally Gray, what a man. I mean, great lad. Went, went through there. Uh, it was Big J, Linney, Heggie. Went through and went to his... Um, went to Scrapyard and he's like, oh, do you just go and help yourself to your car and all that? And I'm like, the best came across this bloody big Mercedes Jeep. I had the old Del Boy Trotter phone in there, and oh, it was a full booner. You turned it on, and there was lights flashing, bloody left, right, and center. He says, Take anyone, son. And myself, smarty, go, <laughs> Oh, it's just an absolute shambles. Like, um, Belingre is a bizarre place. I know you boys, Fifers, but bizarre place. Uh, I think it's Loch Gelly and all these ones. You, you don't even know when you're fucking in Bullingray or out of Bullingray, like, you know. Oh, I, fi- I find that I, I worked for a, a spell in Cowdenbeath and it was in a bank and our offshoot branch was in Lahore. And you're driving through all these places and you're like, I don't know if I'm still in Cowdenbeath or where I'm going. Yeah, it's weird. I find yeah. that round a bit like Kelty and Oakley and stuff as well. It's like <laughs> weird. But you could yeah. say that about Methyl, Buckhaven. I mean, again, mm-hmm. you don't really know when you're leaving Methyl going into Buckhaven and into leaving. Yeah. Yeah. That was a sh- I mean, it was a shambles. Looking back, make no bones about it, it was a shambles. Um, we had a chance to win the league. I think we're in the league below whatever the Super League was. And we just needed a draw, winning 1 0. I gave away two penalties and about 20 seconds and we lost 2-1 lost the league so that was another dampener but aye the only way is up boys yeah well Bolingre is um, no longer there so you're not going to have hundreds of fans um, but Bolingre is a place is that way if only if only <laughs> um, if we could take that and count me for them as well the world would be a better place but hold <laughs> On to your 11s then. So you asked me your question today. Um, so I, ho- I yeah. hope you've written them down. I hope you're organised. Yeah. So we'll start off with your all-time 11 with. With. Um, there's going to be a, there's a mixed bag here. There's a mixed bag. A um, few name drops, but I'll go for it. So I'm trying to get a couple of players from each club. Okay, and the goals. The old... Uh, Julian Speroni, the old Peroni, uh, played with him at Dundee and obviously went on to a great career. Fantastic keeper. Three centre-halves. Okay, Bobby Mann. Brilliant, played with him at a few clubs. Great pro. Lee Wilkie, streaky. And Mark Perry, Fred Perry, played with him at Peterhead. Superb. Some bad on that, by the way. I'm enjoying that. Smarty was going to be in there, but Nope. Uh, so I'm going five in midfield. I'm going to go right wing back, and this is only for his long throw-ins. Jonathan Smart, right wing back. Shoehorn that, like shoehorn. <laughs> 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 Cannot add the move up. 
Okay, sitting, Bibby. Bibby is just going to be sitting. Then we're going to go Jamie Buchan, played with him at uh, Peterhead. What a player. Uh, there's going to be a bit of patter in this team, a little bit of patter, so I'm going to go Heggy, Chris Hegarty. Wide left or left wing back, Bobby Lynn. He's going to be in the graveyard. Just off, so we're going to play three up top. One just in the hole is going to be Martin Wood. Played one with Peter Head, what a player, little big Woody. With Paul McManus and Ravenelli. <laughs> I never ever thought I would hear Paul McManus and Ravenelli in a sentence, but there you go. a front pair. Testicles. <laughs> Only for his huge testicles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on them. I'm on them. Okay. <laughs> for your 11 against, then this one should be good. I'm going to keep it quite straightforward. I know Lenny mentioned that, but just that Celtic team when I was playing with Lenny, um, Henrik Larson and all these boys, Hearts in, it was, it was incredible. Big Bobo Baldis. Um, all these boys. So it was, it was a Celtic team from that time of the debut. And they were just they were too good, if I'm honest. Can't even think. DDA Gat, fucking hell. Rapid. Um, that's that's a, that's a living. Quite boring, but no, no, that's fine. Because obviously they were yeah. some team at that point. So yeah. the, the final question that we've been asking people then, obviously you've, you've played against some some big players. Did you manage to get any short swaps? You got any memorabilia? Hey, I've got a few tops. I mean, fucking absolute zealisters. Um, swapped. Uh, I did the Rangers when we played them. Uh, it was like. Remember that was terrible. Uh, yeah, there was a few. Was it Quayler or whatever he's called? I don't even know. Quayler, Quayler. There's a yeah. Through yeah. there, there's a few through there. Um, trying to think who else. Nah, I've got, I've got maybe a dozen through there. Uh, they're that good. I can't even bloody remember them. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Just do you still have? Do you, do you okay. still have your medal though? I've got my medals up at my mum and dad's. Um, I hope. I think. Yeah, it's up there. Uh, and it's good. It's, it's good memories. Good me- Even chatting to you boys, great memories coming over because I have got the worst memory in the world. But see, roam back these stories, brilliant. Great times. No, I, I think that, you know, that, that team, we've had quite a lot of that team on. Um, Stevie Campbell next week um, as good well. Lads. So, yeah, top, top man. He's, he's, he's living a slightly nicer life than, than us in Dundee. Um, in Vancouver because he's obviously out in Dubai just now so just a, a slight beautiful beautiful yeah, a, a, a slight difference from, from us yeah. but I just wanted to say thanks so much for coming on me it really means a lot for you to, to come on and complete the, the Dundee boy hat trick yeah. uh, your teammates like I say I, I'm going to touch again on, on Bobby Lynn he, he dropped me a message and he was just like you know for all the rest of us we're up to our antics and stuff he was like Dougie was the absolute gentleman of the group and you couldn't wish for a nicer guy. So great guy. Go, no, Bobby, absolute brilliant guy. Good, good lad. Obviously, great player and all this. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Great speaking to you, boys. Brilliant. Yeah, really enjoy Listen it. Thanks podcast. So much, brilliant. Cheers, Michael. Cheers, Lee. Yeah, thanks very much, Dougie. Take care, mate. <laughs> Thank you.
So, Doogie Cameron there regaling us with a lot of tales from his time at East Fife and the rest of his career. Really enjoyed that one, Lee, another fun one. Yeah, um, Doogie was a, a top, top lad. It was like looking in the mirror um, in terms of aesthetics, you know, slightly better looking than me, Doogie, probably. Um, and as he touched on, a, a better tan. And thanks for the tip, um, Doogie. I'll make sure I get on the sunbeds. So, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Clearly a, a guy that, again, loved, loved his time at the club. Um, had a great career, played with some great pros, um, and more importantly, you know, we, we got to hear his his version of the, the hobo stories as well as a few others. So, I, I'm delighted to hear your thoughts on that, and, and hopefully enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, that, that was a good interview, as, as Lee mentioned. It's the Dundee trifecta now. We've got them all. Bob, he didn't need any subtitles. Neither did Bobby Lynn, really. So it's just smarty. Smarty, aye. I'm listening to Doogie's team there. I mean. It's great that a lot of these guys can have someone like Ravinelli in their team. It's it's just such a random player when you go through the rest of them. And that's front two, Paul McManus and Ravinelli. Could you actually wish for a better front line of Shaggers? I, I just I <laughs> don't think so at all. I mean, it got me thinking when we're doing that. You do have these kind of random transfers. So, like, out here in Major League Soccer, Latin was obviously playing here for a bit. So you're going to have guys, just maybe 18-year-olds or whatever, that's played against them or folk that's played with them. And if they're asked in years, oh, who's the best players you played with or against? Oh, yeah, Latin. And you'd be like, what? It's just, it's so weird. Because we had a guy here, he's Tunisian. He hadn't played the whole season because he was injured. He made his debut in the second last game and it was against LA, so he went up against Latin. I mean, how's that for a debut to tell your folk back in Tunisia? Oh, I made my, made my debut, yeah, I played against Latin and we won. I've made no bones about the fact that I've got a Man United affiliation and I absolutely love Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Even before he signed for us, I've read his book. The guy is just an absolute lunatic. Yeah. You know, a, a great character of the game, you know, a lion doesn't worry about the opinions of sheep and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, very Eric Cantona sort of gravitas around him. Um, he's a player that, see if you were sitting down for a meal and you had to invite, say, six players, he would definitely be up there. And touching on that, it was something that um, I, I was planning to ask at the end of this week's one. I'd, I'd like to throw something out to you guys. You're sitting down for your meal, not a chocolate digestive this time. Who would you invite for your meal? Aside of Michael and I, of course, if I'm coming, it's a bottle of red wine and a fillet steak, thanks very much. But if um, you're, you're hosting a meal, you've got five players from East Fife, Scotland, football in general, who would you have? Let us know. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll give that some thought as well. I, there's some names that immediately spring to mind. I, I don't know. I, I think Zlatan would just want to talk about himself. That would be the problem. He would kind of hog the whole conversation. It would all be about him. Hmm. I, I got I'll a chance to I got a chance to speak to him when he was here in Vancouver, and it was like he was a a gentleman. Like we spoke in a scrum for about six or seven minutes, asked him a couple of questions. He was very smiley and nice. But I've heard stuff from players that's played with him, that and played against him and stuff as well. That he was not an easy teammate. More importantly, did he fancy a chocolate digestive? That was something I didn't ask him. <sighs> It, I only do that in my one-on-ones, and yeah, didn't. It, 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 that and the messy one, it's going to haunt me. Never got to ask any of them. Talking of asking people about chocolate digestives, we've already just mentioned him. He was mentioned in that interview with Doogie Cameron. Let's find out now 
Does Jonathan Smart fancy a chocolate digestive? You're sitting at home, you decide to have a hot beverage. What would be your hot beverage of choice? A tea, a coffee or something else? Oh, I'm a tea man. I'm a, I'm a, I like my cups of tea, but I always hate to start the day off. Coffee every morning. Get a coffee machine on and that's me in the morning. I, was, and I always need that. Followed by about three red bull, like right enough. But <laughs> tea man, cup of tea, I would say. And do you have a, and milk. Are you a biscuit fan? Do you have a sweet tooth? I'm, I'm actually, no, I'm not really that much of a biscuit, man. The, the missus, she eats other biscuits, eh? and the wee man, I never get any. I bear them all, but never get any. Nah, I'm not really a biscuit, man. Ah, so... A bit what, of toast. A bit, a, a bit of toast, you my cup of tea. That's what I like, a bit of toast. What's your wife's biscuit of choice, then? Oh, what what, what biscuit is not of choice? That's the thing. Ah. She, they, they, they're always been the kind of McVitie gold bars, kind of gold. Oh, there. yes. They love a bit of that. Like, yeah. Aye, me too. Bit I bit always... I bring those back when I am coming back home, so aye, they're good. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Johnny Smart there. Find out last week, shocker to me, Lee's wife's least favourite part of the show. I know. I know. She's a boring... Yeah, My wife doesn't like it either. I told her that and she's like, yeah, I, I can see why. It's like, oh, thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, whether you guys like it or don't, this is for purely for Michael and I, and I love it. Um, it makes me laugh, and it's a great way to loosen up our guests before we come on. But don't get me wrong, we've even had some people say about it that they really enjoy it. I think it's going to be the marmite of our, our section. You're yeah. either going to love it or hate it. But you want to know what? I don't give a shit what you think. I love it. <laughs> and so another section that I really love is Who Are You? And it's time to bring you this week's edition of that right now. So welcome to this week's edition of Who Are You? Again, one of our more popular sections. Um, so as always, I'll, I'll start off with last week's correct answer. And last week's correct answer was Craig Smart. The only person that I believe that got that right this week was Scott Young, uh, you Googling bastard. There's no way that you would have got that otherwise. I called him out on it and he, he told me that he'd managed to just decipher it, but absolute nonsense. So. I've made it a little bit easier this week, um, and I think that this one, the majority of the, I'm going to say older, but I don't want to put myself in that bracket, so we'll maybe put the sort of not as young generation um, in this one, so we'll get started off with... I've got a chance this week then. Yeah, you've maybe got a chance this week, and you can tell me afterwards if you've got it. The the last clue is going to give it for for most people, so I'm I'm trying to make it a little bit easier. So here we go. Question number one. Born on the 27th of December, 1972. Question number two. Started his career at Aloha Athletic. Question number three. Moved to East Fife, played 114 games, scoring 42 goals. Question number four, his last senior club was 4-4. And here's the big one. He was the scorer of the first goal at New Bayview. Who am I? 
I got it on the last one. I thought I had it on the second and the third ones, and then it turned out to be a different person. So, let's see if anyone else can get it. I'm genuinely excited that I, I got it. I got, I've only got one before, so I've got this one. So, let us know. At Glory Days of Gold on Twitter, you can let us know if you worked out who it is. And no Googling it kind of spoils the purpose. Look at you, that. Scott Young. I wasn't going to cast aspersions, but yeah, if you say so. So the person there in Who Are You is a name that's going to be known to uh, a lot of East Fife fans. And it's always good to to try and generate some new East Fife fans. That's what we're all about in doing this show. Bringing our love of the club to the, the world wide web. And we've got listeners all over the, the four corners of the globe. Because yes, the globe is flat. <laughs> what, These what opinions are brought to you by, <laughs> by Michael McCall. And not speaking of everybody <laughs> involved in the podcast. His views entirely his own. And if you believe that, he's a fucking moron. <laughs> of course I do not. I watched a documentary in, about Scottish people that believed in the flat earth and everything and it's like okay then and then i read this other thing just this week that folk that don't think the moon is real yeah yeah anyway i think that with, with social distancing if the world was flat then people would be falling off the side of it <laughs> oh very strange but we one of the things that we look at as our job with the show is one to entertain and two to win over a new breed of east five fans that's just what we're going to do now so we had a guy put in touch with us, thanks to, to Stephen Mill and the club for doing that. His name is James. He's from Pennsylvania in the good old US of A. On Twitter, you can find him at YNWA1983. That might give a, a little bit of a clue as to what English team he supports. But he is looking for a Scottish club to follow, and he wanted to know what would be the ideal club for him, what would be the best fit. Why would he want to support a team? So obviously we want to make him an East Fife fan. And we, we thought, Lee, we, we could just speak to, to him to do that. But the better person to get on to chat a little bit to him about it is Stephen Mill, East Fife historian and associate director, commentator on East Fife TV, and a man with so much knowledge about East Fife Football Club that it would be hard not to sit down with him for a few minutes and not be enthused about the club. So we're going to bring you a little chat that we had with James as myself, Lee and Stephen try to get him to convert to being an East Fife fan. Will it work? Find out. Nice to meet you, man. I'm Lee. This is Michael. Hi. Obviously, we've had a bit of a chat back and forward, and, and uh, mainly thanks to, to Stephen for, for putting you onto the podcast. And I love the fact that, they, that you reached out. I thought that was amazing. You know, we're, we're, the whole reason that we are doing this is to put his fife in the best light possible. And, and if we could get more fans, no matter how far away, you know, that's exactly what we're looking for. So, you know, you've told me what you would like in a club. So, why don't you tell us, well, tell obviously Michael and Stephen what you're looking at a club and we could see if we're going to fit your, fit your bill. <laughs> well, you want me to run down the whole list here? Do you want me to go point by point, give you a chance to... Go, go point by point. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the big things, I really like, you know, a positive personality around it. So I know, you know, Jurgen's probably not your favorite manager, but, you know, really enjoy the kind of upbeat personality. I think sports are, especially this year, with everything else going on, 
you know, it's a, it's a fun escape. And so having somebody that, you know, has a smile on their face that that's enjoying it, that's definitely something that, that I look for in sports. Um, the, the kind of sourpuss grumpy managers that, you know, kind of fold their arms and clomp around on the sidelines. I, there's just, I don't get the, the appeal of that. So, you know, that's kind of something that, you know, the, you've got the, the manager that's really upbeat and the, the players that are out there having fun. And, you know, if you, if you win, that's icing on the cake, but, if you lose that, that's kind of how life goes sometimes, but at least, you know, you're out there having fun and there's a lot of passion around the, the club. So I'm quite happy to take this one. We are the perennial underdogs, it, it, being East Fife fans. You know, we're, we're not expected to win every week and that's what makes being an East Fife fan so exciting, at least for me, um, because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that old Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, when you go to watch East Fife, you never know if you're going to witness a, a 4 or 5 nil win or, you know, it could be a, a hard-fought nil nil draw or you could get hammered, you know. So th- there's there's always that. I think that that's the beauty of sporting a, a smaller team. I mean, obviously, I know that you're a Liverpool fan, so you're used to sporting small teams. Um, but, you know, <laughs> this is on an even smaller scale. You know, we haven't had a massive rich history of, you know, we're not awash with trophies that the likes of the, the English Premier League clubs are in Europe and stuff, but Michael's very um, cleverly picked the right shirt um, to show you today. So I don't know if you can see the crest that he's got on there, so it'll say 1903, which is the year that we were formed. On top of that, there's a gold star because we won the Scottish Cup in 1938, which is like our equivalent of the FA Cup. And then there's three silver stars underneath it um, from when we won the Scottish League Cups. But what I'll do is I'll let um, Stephen tell you a bit about how we came about and, and why we're sort of known in, in Scotland for, for being underdogs, but for achieving a lot as well. Yeah, I would describe ourselves as being fashionably unfashionable. Uh, I think that's what Lee was getting at there. Um, we're, we're not we're not a big name. We were founded in 1903. Uh, I sent you a wee pot at history. We became, we reached the Scottish Cup final in 1927 when we were a, a lower division team uh, and created quite a, a bit of history there, although we, we eventually we, we lost that. But we, our claim to fame is we were the first team to win the Scottish Cup in 1938, again as a lower division side. And then after that, just after the war period, was arguably our most successful um, spell as as a club, when as Lee mentioned, we won the League Cup three times. But we also there's a picture I'd love to have you across um, for a stadium tour at some stage. I don't know if you're up for that at any stage in the future. But there's a there's a famous picture on the on the wall, the stairwell at Bayview, and there's a picture there, and there's five players who either played for Scotland or went on to play for Scotland in that photograph. George Aitken, Alan Brown, Charlie Fleming, Henry Morris, and Davy Duncan. And this was a community club. This was a club which is based in a town, or a, three towns sort of built together, Methil, Leaven, and Buckhaven, of a population of 30,000 people. It was a mining community, basically. 30,000 people. And that was their pinnacle. And gradually, you know, it all went as things do, um, teams that are overachieving, if you like, for want of a better word, gradually things went downhill. And within 
seven years of almost winning the Scottish League because we're within three weeks of winning the Scottish League in 1953. We finished second bottom of the bottom tier of Scottish football. In seven years, we plummeted and we've been struggling ever since, but we still love the club. As in, so that's, that's, that's kind of, that's a very, very, very brief history of the club. So that, that's East Fife in summary. Um, in my lifetime, I'm, I'm 31. Um, we got promoted in 2003, um, which was the, the first promotion that I'd seen in my lifetime. We then won the Scottish Third Division in 2008 and then again in 2015-16. So that was under Gary Naismith, who was a, a Scottish captain, um, a Scottish player, and um, played for Everton. So big, uh, Stephen's a, a big fan of Gary. Um, but just to give you, um, in terms of positive personalities, our current manager is a, a guy called Darren Young. Um, we've had him on a couple of shows, so if you want to to hear what Darren's like, very, very positive, very upbeat, but very knowledgeable guy as well. Um, he's not the Jurgen Klopp type. I think it would be fair to say that he's not going to be um, making jokes at press conferences or, or anything like that. But he's, he's, a, he's a great guy and, and you do generally catch him with a smile on his face. But, you know, he's got a job that he wants to do. And, and certainly, you know, one of the, the questions that he said to me is an entertaining football style. I would probably say that this, this is one of the best these five teams I've seen in terms of being entertaining Lots of goals, lots of hard-fought victories. So, yeah, um, now's a good time to be an East Fife fan. It's not always been that case, but now's a good time. What about uh, rivalry games? I know there's another club not too far away that went up to the championship, and I won't, so I won't bring them up. But uh, the, in, in terms of who's in the league right now, who would you say would be the rivals to kind of circle on the calendar and look forward to? Hmm. I wouldn't say much in terms of rivals this season. I mean, our main rivals, well, in fact, we're going to touch on that because we've drawn Wraith Rovers, who are our, our, our big rivals, and Cowden Beef in our cup section. So they're definitely ones to, to mark down on your calendar. Um, in terms of this season, guys, there's probably not an awful lot. This this season could be quite exciting because we've got Partick Thistle who and Falkirk, who are, are two of the bigger clubs in Scotland that happen to be found in our league and they're full-time whereas East Fife only play part-time um, so I'm interested to see how we fare against them and um, we've also got Cove Rangers who are they've come up from the Highland League and into the Scottish League and they won it last year and they're coming up in our league with a little bit of money to spend and they're buying some pretty good players so I'm interested to be honest that that's probably the, the, the fixture I'm most looking forward to this season is testing ourselves against um, these probably three teams but what about you Mike? I'd say Falkirk's probably our biggest local rivals for this year because they're, they're the closest team historically wise you're looking at Wraith Rovers Dunfermline and Cowdenbeath but Wraith Rovers is always the one that we host and hold as our biggest rivals Unfortunately, we didn't have a good record against them until recent seasons where we've started to turn that around. We also weren't in the same division as them for a, a while, so Cowdenbeath became our kind of closest, nearest local rivals. And I don't know what it is about rivalry games. We seem to not do well in derby matches. We, we've had a big spell where we were unable to win derby games. We were just chatting before we were recording, James is a, a Portland fan, so Portland-Seattle is one of the biggest rivalry games, biggest derby games, if not the biggest derby game in Major League Soccer, possibly the, the LA one's just overtaken that from now. So that's built on a, a lot of animosity, but 
derby games in Scotland, rivals in Scotland, there's a bit more to it because you're playing for the pride of your local community, not just for the, the team as well. What, what would you say, Stephen? Uh, for me, it's a generational thing. Um, for me, Wraith Rovers was our traditional... To, to, to let you know the background, um, Scottish clubs tend to get drawn against their... paired against their local rivals on New Year's Day. Um, and to their credit, the league always do their best to try to do that. Occasionally get some anomalies cropping up. But Eastlife and Wraith Rovers were a traditional... Right, uh, that was our opponents. Uh, Wraith were our opponents on New Year's Day, um, and I think if you ask any Wraith Rovers fan of that generation, um, a similar ge- generation to me and and older people, um, these are these are the two. Um, that's the rivals, you know. The, these these are the the, the, the traditional rivals. Um, as Michael said, uh, there was a time when we were Wraith were either above us in the league or believe it or not, below us in the league for a spell and Cowdenbeath became our New Year's Day opponents and it got a wee bit heated at some point. Just uh, a bit. <laughs> uh, Central Park is certainly, back in the day, wasn't a place you wanted to bring a young kid to for a, for a, for a football game. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 I think the, the, the rivalry has been re- resurrected between East Fife and Wraith. And if you look at the record, East Fife are still. Uh, if you forget, if you forget about um, major trophies, which we're clearly well ahead of the rest, East Fife's head-to-head record against Cowdenbeath, Dunfermline, and Wraith Rovers is very good. Is very good. It, and if you would take the last maybe fifteen years or twenty years out of the equation, it's excellent. Yeah. But recently, I mean, when Dunsmore scored, Dunsy scored that, and you want to look at this up on the internet if possible. Uh, Aaron Dunsmore scored an, a last-minute winner against Ray Throvers to end a, a pretty barren spell against their biggest rivals, and the place just erupted. It was it was fantastic. There was people almost in tears, uh, and that'll go down in, you know, that'll go down in uh, history and recent folklore for me. Yeah, I think as well, like we like to bill ourselves as being the most successful Fife club. And that's just in terms of big trophies won, but just also, as Stephen said there, the head-to-head record. So if you're looking at other teams, you can really like the other Fife ones because we're definitely the most successful Fife club. Definitely. <laughs> um, and, and and that... that um, Goal from Aaron Dunsmore that Stephen was talking about there. I mean, I've, I've been in watching these five since, you know, I was, I think my first game was about eight or nine years old. And that was the first time I'd seen East Fife beat Ray Rovers in a competitive match. Um, so I went through a lot of hardship. A lot of my friends are Ray Rovers fans. I've lost a lot of money over the years betting with Ray Rovers fans. So it was, it was good to, to eventually win that barren spell. So to tick your box against fun rivalries, you know, we've got a couple of them coming up um, in the, the Scottish Cups and also underdog that punches above their weight. You know, I would probably say that in the last couple of seasons, our budget's not been anywhere near some of the big clubs. Um, but to give you an example, I don't know if you know that Rangers, they got relegated to the third division due to financial issues a few years ago. Yeah. Rangers spent an absolute fortune um, in the, the Scottish third division to win that league. 
and still couldn't win it as quick as we won it with our team in 2008. Um, and that was with a fraction of the budget. So um, when we got promoted under Gary Naismith, again, you know, there was teams like Clyde, who are managed by Barry Ferguson, um, former Scotland international and Rangers player. Um, they were spending some serious big money and we beat them to the league. So there's there's definitely that that underdog element um, that you're looking at. In terms of local players as well, I know that's one that you like. Um, we do have a, a, a youth team which is feeding in our, our main team just now. We've just promoted two guys through from that. Um, we've had various local players. So one of the first episodes on our podcast was with a guy, Paul McManus. He literally lives about six miles away from the ground. Um, and he's played with us in four or five spells and scored a lot of goals. So um, we had Nathan Austin, who then went to Falkirk and to Inverness. Again, a lo- local lad, probably less than two miles from the stadium, um, that's went and scored lots of goals and then got some some recognition and, and got some moves to some big teams too. So, yeah, we definitely ticked that box. Any other burning questions that are whetting your appetite for the five? Uh, I think you covered a, a good bit of it. I know uh, one of the things I saw you have the – East Fife TV for streaming, so that's yeah. You know, being over here, the part of what got me towards the lower uh, leagues was that we've lost any coverage, uh, even for the Premiership. We can't get them here. We have to go through the individual clubs. So, you know, definitely looking for a club that has some some ability that we can stream the games here to to follow along yeah. and watch them. Yeah, and like we we're the same in Canada. They're like last season. They lost. The, they didn't bid for the rights for the Scottish game. So last season and this season, we've not had Scottish football on TV. The great thing about East Five TV is you can watch the matches live. You can also watch them on demand at uh, a time that suits you. Now, for you in the East Coast, you're talking 10 a.m. kickoff times on a Saturday, so that that's pretty good. That's brilliant. Yeah, for me, 7 a.m. is not so good, but. It's it's five pounds a game, which in US money we're maybe talking seven fifty a, a game, or you can get a season ticket as well. It's top notch quality, and I'm not just say, saying that. Like Stephen does a, a lot of, of of the commentary on it as well, and the production values. You would not think it is a smaller club that's doing it, and it would put a lot of the production values of. If you look at, say, USL teams in North America, it's better production than what you'd be getting from from watching those games. Yeah, a lot of credit has to go to Laura Anderson there for her organisation, and uh, she's she's done all the work behind the scenes. She's got all the the the, the stuff together, and the equipment, and she's she's got the know-how in order to, to to bring everything together. But we've been ahead of the curve. All I do is. You stick a microphone in front of me and I just blether away. Daniel does the home games. I do most of the away games. Um, we've also got a visually, sorry, a, a mm. blind and partially sighted uh, service, which is how this whole thing started. Uh, we've got one guy, Billy Horsborough, uh, who attends uh, home and away religiously and he, he can barely see anything. He's he's, 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 he's his, his sight is, is very, very impaired. And that's how it started. It started with providing commentary for blind and partially sighted spectators, primarily Billy. And gradually it's, it's built together and it's developed. So, so now we're in an ideal sort of situation because, because we've got all this in place. We've been providing commentary uh, overseas for the past, uh, I think, couple of years to a fairly good standard, I think. Um, so we're, we're as well placed as anybody. I think in order to, to to meet the new challenges of you know playing behind closed doors. 
Yeah, when I first moved to Canada in 2007, trying to keep in touch with the team was difficult because you're just relying on Twitter, online stuff. But since East 5 TV started, it's been fantastic. Even if you don't watch the games live on Vimeo, they've got the East 5 TV channel and it's top quality highlights, 10, 15 minutes with post-game interviews on it as well. So even if you just want to get the snapshot and don't watch the games live, that's free and, and you can watch that up. The highlights are usually up by the next morning, sometimes the, the same night. Uh, probably by the time that you wake up on a Sunday morning, they'll definitely be up though. Yeah, I already signed up for, for that and watched some of the highlights. It was it was good to see it. I mean, it's a it's a nice stadium to to look at too, looking out over the over the water, whenever the yeah. camera pans that way. It's a beautiful setting. Didn't always used to be as beautiful because we had a big power station in the way, but it got demolished. And it, for me, it's one of the most picturesque settings in in football. I mean, you, you're from Pennsylvania. I don't know if you've you've been down to. Well, you said you'd been down to the Philadelphia Union thing. I know it's on the water. So you've got the water views there, but it's not in a great part of, of Philadelphia. Whereas this is right down by the water, beautiful views over the Firth of Forth. And on a sunny day, it's just amazing. On a windy day, it's testing for, for the players. And on a really cold day, it's testing for the supporters. But the view's always still good. Definitely. So... Going to some of your other questions, just so um, we're not keeping you too long. So I know it's a, is, is it your mum's birthday today? Is that right? Yeah, so. we're uh, we're get, getting together with mom for her birthday. It was actually a couple of days ago, but scheduling works out now. So have a nice socially distanced dinner. Yeah. So you've you've covered streaming options for the games. So in terms of the um, kits, um, so we traditionally play in black and gold stripes. We do tend to vary on that from time to time. I don't know if you've seen the design for this year, but we've gone for a tartan yeah. shirt. Um, I haven't. This year's looks very sharp. Yeah. Yeah, we, I love it. I've got it pre-ordered. I've pre-ordered it for my dad. I've pre-ordered it for my three-year-old daughter. Um, it's the first time that I bought a home kit in a long time because it's the nicest one that looks that I've seen for ages. But traditionally, when we were first founded, and Angus might, sorry, Stephen might correct me if I'm wrong here, but we initially played in uh, green and white hoops. We did. And we ha- yeah, and we, we've reverted to some um, green and white strips over the years, which actually have been some of my, my favorite, more you know, nicer kits that we've had. Um, we've had a, a, a plain blue kit with a Scotland flag on it. You know, at the lower divisions, we've probably had some of the nicer kits over the years. Um, and that's not me being biased because I think that, you know, I could comment on another team's shirt if it's nice. The new Liverpool turquoise one on the other hand, absolutely not. Even my wife, who's a Liverpool fan, doesn't like that. But um, no, we've definitely got some some good looking kits. The other thing um, that I noticed that you'd asked about was contributions from the community to the club or supporters group. So we've got yeah. two um, two big ones. So we've got the East Fife Supporters Trust, um, which I'll let Stephen tell you a bit about and, and what they're involved in. Yeah, the Supporters Trust was founded in um, difficult times, uh, as often these things happen. Uh, we had a chairman who wasn't universally popular and he gradually fell out with just about everybody at the club, from directors through to club volunteers through to supporters. And supporters eventually started boycotting the games. Uh, and at that point, we were living in kind of fear of, of the survival of the club, to be honest. And the supporters' trust was founded, I can't remember exactly when, 
but we felt it necessary to do that. Eventually, the, the, the chairman in question cleared off. He was basically chased out. A new chairman came in. There was sort of money put into the club. It wasn't probably run the way it ought to have been because eventually we had to um, call in East High supporters or supporters to come on the board and resurrect the club again. This has happened a couple of times recently. This might be a situation familiar to you, James, and across the pond there. Nowadays, we're very much on a even keel, I would say, and I'm a, as an associate director myself, every one of my fellow directors, if they weren't sitting in, in the board seats in the, in the director's area, they would be watching these five from the ordinary seats in the, in, the, in the stand. I can say that, vouch for everybody on the board there. I'm looking at the list of directors here that I've got in front of me. So we're, we're now, we've got people who genuinely have got the club at heart, the best wishes at the club at heart. And um, people from our chairman, Jim Stevenson, downwards have worked basically financial miracles in order to, to get the club up to the way that, that they're, to the, the position they are at the moment. And uh, hopefully that will continue. I, I just disappeared briefly there for a second to try and find some of our green strips. Obviously, as a Timbers fan, you like you like green and white. So this was our deck chair one from the 90s. This was a, a more more recent one that we wore when we won a promotion in the 2002-2003 season. And just to make you feel really at home, I even dug out a Portland Timbers shirt that I got given when I was down there which I've never worn, obviously, as a Whitecaps fan, but they are just... I have it. Nice colours. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Almost similar to ours. So that's a, a, a rundown in a nutshell of East Fife. Um, a couple of things that if you're not quite swayed yet, there's a, there's a few books that you could read into. So there's one which is called On That Windswept Plane by uh, the club historian Jim Kerstorfen, and that's an excellent read. I thoroughly recommend that. I've read it a few times myself. Absolutely brilliant. Um, there's also a recent one um, which is called There Used to Be a Power Station Over There um, by Liam Thompson, I believe he's called. Yep. Um, he he has written about every season that he can remember being an East Fife fan and there's a lot of highs and lows in there. Um, I got that book for Christmas last year um, and again, another good, route, uh, another good read. There was another one which was called Something to Shout About but I can't remember who wrote it. Um, James Hasty? Yes. Yes. That's it. So there's, there's three books that you could read up on, on the club itself. But more importantly, you know, we are a club that are, are the community is at the heart of everything that we do. I've, I've said it several times, but our club's a family. You know, we might not have the biggest fan base, but we've definitely not got the biggest club. But what we do have is a lot of heart and a lot of great people who just love football, not soccer. <laughs> definitely. No, it sounds great. Actually, I need to I need to weigh there on the, the American theme. I was going to uh, pay tribute to, to to Michael for avoiding the words uniforms, yes, uh, and rosters. You've done yes. well there, Michael. It's a great credit to you. But Lee, it's hard. Yeah, Lee. What what yeah. on earth is a locker room? Oh, don't oh. get me started. It's oh, almost as bad as it's almost as bad as his yah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's so hard because I'm doing two different podcasts now in two different countries and I'm trying to remember what language I'm meant to use and it's really difficult. You've done well, I'll, Mike. You've done well. I'll, 
I'll try and catch him out on it the next time, Stephen, I promise. A swift kick in the homos uh, provide a translation to a cyber kick in the homos. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do my absolute best. So, James, how on, on the scale now, what, what were you before you came on to the show in terms of towards the five? Oh, I, I mean, I read a little bit about the cups. That was one of the things like uh, that I wanted to ask if, since Stevens here, I, that was I was a little surprised that I'd get a chance to talk to him. Thanks again for getting back to me. I really appreciate uh, you doing that. But uh, the cup wins or any of the league games, is there is there one game that kind of stands out of any of those cup games is kind of like a legendary moment in the club that people talk about, you know, obviously getting on in the years. I mean, some of those fans, they probably had a chance to, to meet. They're getting on up there. But uh, is there a one game from those cup wins that kind of stands out as like that's the moment? that everyone still talks about in hushed tones? Well, uh, if you're talking personally, um, mine is uh, a, a certain goal against Ray Throwers in the Scottish Cup, which until recently was our, our last win at Bayview against Ray Throwers. No, sorry, I beg your pardon, we'd won once more since then. But it sticks in the mind. Scottish Cup, which is always a, a massive competition, and we were drawn against Ray Throwers, who were in a higher league than us in 1983 and we had a, a former Wraith Rovers player playing for us, Robin Thompson, who collected the ball 35 yards to use yards or metres across there. I think you use yards, don't you? Yeah. 45 yards. It, it kind of grows as, as the stories get told. It might be 40 yards. But just before half time, Robin Thompson kind of let leash 35 yards out from goal and it sailed over the goalkeeper's head into the top corner and we beat Ray Throwers in the Scottish Cup to keep our record against our old rivals intact. We've never lost to Ray Throwers and I hope I'm not going to jinx us here in the Scottish Cup. Um, we beat them on the way to winning the Scottish Cup in 1938. We beat them in 1970 and Robin Thompson did it again with this absolute screamer just before half time and the place just erupted. A crowd of 6,000 Average attendance these days is six or seven hundred on a good day. Um, watched that game and uh, it was just tremendous, just tremendous. Uh, still remember coming home absolutely hoarse from singing that particular afternoon. Uh, so that's the one for me. If you ask older fans, they might talk about Charlie Fleming's winner from a similar distance against Rangers in the League Cup semi-final in 1949-50. Uh, Rangers were the kind of all-conquering team back then, um, not like this current mob that they've got since then. Uh, but we beat them 2-1 with an injury time goal from Charlie Fleming. Uh, and that was the first time we'd ever beaten Rangers uh, in Glasgow. In fact, I think it was only the first time we'd ever beaten Rangers full stop. And we went to the final and we beat our old county rivals, Dunfermline, 3-0. And the thing about that, Crazy as it may seem, and I'm taking too much time here, I know, but there's the Glasgow Herald, the headlines from that cup final, East Fife 3, Dunfermline 0, was East Fife's early goals ruin final. That was their headlines. Early goals ruin the cup final because we had the audacity to go and beat a, a team uh, and score three goals in the first 20 minutes of a cup final. So how about that for a headline? Love that. Yeah, Lee, Lee, I would say definitely... Uh... Definitely a strong lean, you know, the, I think it was, you know, the, I appreciate, like I said, Stephen getting back to me and you guys reaching out uh, and introducing me to the pod. I've listened to, I think the first three or four episodes now, at least that, that have gotten through. So there's a lot of, 
a lot of fun stories in there and lots of laughs to kind of get to know the club. It seems, like I said, you know, fits a lot of things I'm looking for. Um, you know, we're, our sports over here are probably uh, college not going to happen. And I find that uh, European football really kind of fits the bill of that same, you know, small community based and yeah. get behind something that, you know, it's not the top level and it doesn't pretend to be, but it's still very passionate uh, support and still, you know, a really entertaining game out there. So, you know, really kind of leaning heavy, looking forward to when the league starts. Uh, you had mentioned about Cove. I know that's the, I think the opener that you have for the league this year. So yeah, well, hoping, hoping with all fingers crossed that we can get to that. And you know, the, the, the podcast is going to look a lot different when the season starts, there's going to be less player interviews and stuff. Um, but you know, if you, you dedicate your, your affections towards the Fife. We would love to have you on as a sort of regular contributor. If you're if you're watching East Fife from afar, we could have it called the View from Across the Pond. Definitely, definitely would be up for you know a little fun segment like that. But you no, know, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're trying to get get as many new East Fife fans as we can. I don't care where they're from, um, and and as much of the attention as we can on on our our beloved team, then the better. So do I do I pass the test? Yep, you're, you've got the passion. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, you passed the test, man. Um, you've, you've managed to, to listen to the podcast and not ask us to repeat anything. So our, yeah. our accent <laughs> can't be as, as bad as that. Michael, you're a glorified yank now anyway, where you're, uh, <laughs> with your yas and all, all your locker room chat. So, you, you know, you're, you're definitely a little bit more neutral than Stephen and I. But no, definitely, um, hopefully more importantly, we can get you across for a game, and I'm sure that Stephen would be delighted to give you a tour of the stadium as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I was uh, I was supposed to be going across, and you can guess the destination. Had everything booked and paid for, and then then the world fell apart. So, uh, mm. yeah, definitely planning on getting across for for at least one game, and would gladly make it two. Well, yeah, thanks for joining definitely. us, James. Thanks so much, Stephen, as well for for jumping on, yeah. and really appreciate it. And you're welcome, both of you. Anytime that you want to be on the show, you're certainly more than welcome. It's been good catching up with you again, Stephen. It's been a while since I actually yeah. spoke to you in person. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Michael. Uh, and you, Looney. Uh, thanks, James, as well. Thank you, James. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, guys. Take thanks for having me on. Bye. Have a good day. So that was our chat with James. Do you think we will have convinced him to, to be an East Fife fan, Lee? I'm quietly confident. You know, he's, he's messaged us already saying that the, the pre-order at the top is getting quite tempting and that he's looking forward to following along when the season starts. So I don't think he'll have had many fans invite him on the podcast. And he said that there was only 10 clubs in total that got back to him. So, you know, hopefully we've done enough to win him over. I said it last week, but get in contact with him, drop him a tweet, tell him why he should support the five, and let's make another fan. Um, next week, we bring to you a gentleman called George Roberts, um, who I've mentioned on the show before. George is an Arsenal fan um, and a, a regular listener of the, the podcast, mainly because he's a friend of mine, but lived in Scotland for years and years and years and never adopted a, a Scottish team after he, he moved up from London. So hopefully we can grab him next week and convert him as well, Mike. Yeah, that would be fantastic. James Passed the test that we were looking for. He didn't get off to a great start, though, as he turned up in a Liverpool strip. 
with you being a Man United fan, then mentioned he was a Portland Timbers fan, one of the Whitecaps' big rivals, and then Stephen came on as an Everton fan. So we, we got over that rocky start. And if that doesn't show you that we're prepared to turn a blind eye to some, as long as you don't come on and say you sport the Rovers or Cowden, then generally we'll give you a fair crack at the whip. Yeah. I know we talked in it during the thing there, but in all seriousness, East 5 TV is a great selling point for the club because you can just watch it. My only complaint is I'd love it to be up on YouTube as well as on Vimeo because a lot of folk obviously on their, on their TVs, you, you, you can get a Vimeo app on, on certain devices, but a YouTube's on pretty much all the smart TVs. So it would be good if they could put the highlights up there. Obviously the live games need to be on the system that they've got, and but highlights and stuff would be good, I think, on YouTube as well as Vimeo. Well, I spoke to Laura um, when I said that we were launching Laura Anderson, um, our YouTube channel. She says that they had a lot of issues with copyrighting, so I don't know if YouTube listened or watched the majority of the stuff that comes up, but because <laughs> it had yeah. uh, T- Telstar on it, you know, they, they got told that they had to pull it down and stuff. So um, I think that they oh, probably have to be pretty careful with that. That's very interesting because, yeah, we did a, a post-game show for one of the Whitecaps games a couple of weeks ago. And one of the guys I do the show with had behind him just playing some just clips from YouTube of some games against Seattle, some good goals and stuff like that. And it was just playing behind him. It wasn't even on the actual video. And it clicked a YouTube warning that we had used copyright material on our show. And it's like it was playing for 18 seconds and it it picked that up crazy. And it wasn't even actual the video, it was just behind him as like a backdrop for his Zoom. But anyway. But yeah, hopefully we've converted James. And I thought for Wavelength this week, I would kind of tie in with the discussion and the gentleman. So I've got a song by the band, James. A lot of you will know James for their big hits over the years in the 90s. What you might not know is they actually have two football songs. And I'm going to bring you one of those just now. It was a re-recording of their hit single, Low. And it featured on the B-side for their 1994 single, Just Like Fred Astaire. You can also find it on the album Glory Land that was brought out for the 1994 World Cup. So again, an American theme there. And this is a song which is just kind of espousing the beautiful game and how it's good to be a fan and going to the matches. It's called Go, 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 and it's by James.
English band James there with Go, Go, Go from 1994. Cracking song that, and then there's another James song we'll bring you later on. But now it's time to get to this week's mailbag, and we've, we've had some tweets and emails in. Just want to cover a couple of the emails that I've had firstly. One from our sponsor for tonight's show, Glenn Walker, who had got in touch with me, and he was adamant, he was convinced that I was the person singing the Chocolate Digestive song. And that's a compliment, I think, because if anyone has heard me sing, they know I probably can't carry out a tune as good as that. But it is actually by a band called New Royal Family. They're friends of the band Art Brute, if anyone knows them. The lead singer is Scottish, and they're big Adam and the Ants fans. So they kind of named the band New Royal Family, Adam and the Ants Connection. And the video for the Chocolate Digestive song has 12 references to Adam and the Ants in it. So dig that out on YouTube. I'll tweet it out from our channels as well and see if you can work out the Adam and the Ant things. He just wanted to congratulate us on the show. Feels it's going from strength to strength and getting better every week. And he thought that the Div episode was the, the funniest one so far. But Johnny Smart for him blew that out of the water. And he really enjoyed the the Kenny Duker one, Lee, just catching up with a legend and just hearing his experiences of the game. Yeah, um, last week's guest, um, Phil Charletta, said to me that his favourite one's still been Div Muir and the other gentleman, um, George Roberts, that I mentioned last week, had also said that his favourite one's been Div Muir. But look, this is episode number 11 now, so you can tell us which one's been your favourite, get in contact with us, tell us why, what sections of the show you're enjoying. Don't tell us that you're not enjoying Chocolate Digestive because we won't listen. But anything else, um, we are open to any other features that you think that you would enjoy. Um, the, the, the mailbag pretty much every week is getting busier and busier. You know, I think this week I, I had a, a tweet that went down pretty well. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one, Michael, but I was like about all, all these floods and viruses, harbingers of the apocalypse. Yes. Next thing there'll be soap and cow and beef. Um, that ended up doing pretty well. So, oh, I should, um, I should actually have spoken to you about the flooding because I was seeing that in the news. How was it for you? It seemed pretty bad out Glenroth this way. Yeah. Um, did you see the, the Sean Batty stat that came up? No. Um, so Sean, do you know who Sean Batty is? Yeah, weather guy. Yeah, so he put up a stat that said that um, Glenothis was one of the places with the heaviest rainfall. Um, so his exact quote was, Glenothis was one of the wettest parts of Scotland last night with an extraordinary 106 millimetres of rain. If we presume that the whole town had, had the same and collected that, there would be enough for 20 million litres of water, enough to fill eight Olympic swimming pools and 200,000 baths, and you still wouldn't get somebody for cowed and clean. <laughs> 
I, I mean, I saw the stuff at Victoria Hospital, and I mean, it was just, it was insane. It makes you grateful, really, that East Fife's not got a grass pitch as well, because at least the the weather doesn't impact stuff like that, because that could have caused a lot of damage for a lot of the local teams. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, look, it was it was pretty pretty scary. I mean, some of the the lightning and stuff. I mean, I, I've been to Florida before, and they're regular for for thunder and lightning and some pretty scary storms. Um, that was that was special to witness. I absolutely love it. Um, however, my commute to work yesterday took me over an hour because the Balfour Junction was absolutely flooded. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of an experience, um, to say the least. I, I appealed on Facebook if anybody had a canoe to get me to work. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll not see some some rain like that anytime in the near future. Yeah. Just a couple of other things from Glenn in his email to us as well. Talking about Kenny Duker saying that he didn't want to to come to East Fife for a second stint because of the travel. And he said, bollocks to that, you can get from Denny to there in half an hour. So he doesn't buy that at all. But he also put us in touch with a band that we should check out. It's a local band called Crow Pony. They've released their first EP, Mr. Christie's Monday. One of the guys, Neil Pud Brunton, is one of Glenn's best mates. And he is also a local undertaker and has a hoarding at Bayview. So definitely check that out as well. We'll check that out, maybe bring it to you in a, in a future show. So earlier on, we spoke to James from Pennsylvania, and now we're going to bring you an email from America, from Texas, Alan Kirk, a guy that I've known for a while. He's good friends with my friend Stevie Llewellyn, who said he's really enjoying the podcasts. He says, I'm an older East Fife fan. He used to watch the team home and away for many, many years. He moved to London and then to Texas in the US, but he always looks for the scores. In recent times, he's followed score updates on the internet and now watches East Fife TV. His wife is used to him shouting, swearing, jumping around in front of the TV from 9am on a Saturday morning. She's American and often says, you know you shouldn't use that C word over here. My reply is normally, sorry you're right, he's a dirty C dot dot dot. My earliest memory is his granddad taking him to a home game against Arbroath and we Jimmy Kinsella playing on the wing. He also had a contribution for the mailbag for the best shout he's heard at a game. He said he's heard this many times over the years. Come on, he's Fife. Spread out in a bunch. He also says it may be a, an idea to include some fan memories on the show because a, a bunch of them used to travel to away games in what was called Willie's Corner and had a great laugh and have some good stories. And that would be a, a, an interesting thing to explore later on in the year, get some of the older fans on, even older than me, that can maybe share some some good memories from the 60s and the 70s. I can do some from the 80s and get some guys that were around in the 80s. You've got late 90s into the, the 2000s. But if we have any of the, the guys from 70s that can talk about that or the 60s, I'd love to hear their stories. Yeah, absolutely. And, and by all means, please do get in touch. You know, I absolutely love that. And, and thanks so much for getting in contact with us. You know, I absolutely love hearing about people's experience of following the Fife and particularly the use of the C word, which I absolutely love. But if I said it on this podcast, my mum would never talk to me again. Yeah, I love it as well. And I can't say it on any of the shows over here. And one of the rappers that I've played a lot of on our show here is Edinburgh rapper Mad Hat McGore. And he is known for saying cunt. It's like, it's in every single one of his songs, before he starts rapping, it's got a beat and then just goes, cunt, and then starts rapping. Yeah, um, I apologise to my mum um, for hearing the, the C word in this show. Do you Something want me to I cut that out? Never hear again. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
as long as, as long as I didn't say it, I'm only guilty by association, which I don't think will get me a jail sentence. So. Hey, it's all the Dundee boys. It's rubbed off on me. Absolutely. Um, but no, that was great. And, and again, the, the Twitter stuff that we've had coming through, um, there's been a, a whole whack at this week. I'm absolutely loving the interaction on the social media pages. Um, so please do keep that up. We've had messages from Mark Stevens, um, Mark Steven this week, a, a good friend of the show, great, great guy as well. Um, we've had a, a good few people, you know, uh, particularly in response to the, the Cowden um, tweet that I made. But please do keep up the, the interactions. Uh, we've got, had some stuff through from Peter, our friend out in Pennsylvania as well, who sent us a picture of himself in his shirt, which was absolutely great. Still yet to see a lot of people, you're taking photos in your shirts and sending it to us. So unfortunately, you're, you're definitely not going to look as good as Lauren looks in hers, but I'm sure that the rest of you will, will, will do a good enough effort. Also, big thanks to John Tyndall, uh, John T1903, um, who came through to us on Twitter and said fantastic stuff again um, on the Joker episode, lads. How about we get some guests from the 80s and 90s? Um, I've, I've mentioned already there's a few that I've tried to get in terms of um, Stevie Kirk. And we have tried for Gordon Jury. Of course, we would love to get Gordon Jury on, but I believe he's quite media shy. So I don't think that we'll, we'll get him on anytime soon. But if you happen to be listening, Gordon, or even Scott Jury, um, if you want to put a word in with, with your dad, we would be honoured to, to have um, someone at his level on. I've reached out to a, a couple more um, of the 90s sort of guys. Um, so I've, I've reached out to, to Barry Moffat, although I think he's maybe actually early 2000s. Um, so I've reached out to him and a few others. Um, I've got a wish list, so the likes of Dickie Gibb and um, Rab Shannon as well, obviously, having managed us before. Um, but obviously trying to get a hold of these guys is difficult. So like Michael said earlier on in the show, if, if you do have any contact details or if you're friends with them on Facebook, put them in touch with us. We would absolutely love to interview from a generation um, that I don't have an awful lot of an affiliation with, and I'd, love, I'd absolutely love to hear these guys' stories. Um, we've said it before, in fact, every guest that we've booked has, has, has been through myself, and it's, it's only through being able to reach these guys on social media. So unless they have social media, it's quite difficult. Yeah, Lee, I, just to, to give you, since you got roasted in last week's show, just to give you a compliment, the work you've done in getting the guests has been absolutely fantastic. I don't have any contacts really for any of the players, apart from a couple on Facebook, and they, they've already been on the show. So, yeah, he, my wish list, here's my top five in no particular order. Steve Archibald, who you, you all know we, we want to get on the show. Willie Brown, would love to get him on the show because I just think that could be the most mental episode we have if we can get Molly on. Robert Scott could also be up there monumental-wise. And then if we're thinking... Dave Clark, I would love, but he is in his 70s now. I'm not sure that he would want to come on. And if we're looking at guys from the 70s, one we could certainly get, I used to work with him, is Peter McQuaid, who I think is involved with Glen Glenrothes FC now as well. So yeah, I'm friends with son Paul, um, and Peter is he knows my father-in-law as well. So if you'd be interested to hear Peter McQuaid, I'm sure he's somebody that we would definitely be able to get on. And um, to add to your wish list, Michael, um, Willie Brown, Liam Anderson reached out and said that he has Willie Brown's phone number. Oh. So tell you what, if we get some interaction on our social media from all you old lot. Um, we'll definitely get in touch with Billy Brown and see if he would be up for coming on, 100%. Because a lot of the young guys probably won't know this, but there was a bit of graffiti at Old Bayview, and I know the person who did it, and I won't name who it is, 
spray painted on the wall, Willie Brun is God. Yeah, I remember that being somebody's name on the, the forum yes, for a while. Yeah. Um, so is, was it the same person? I don't think it was. But yeah, I do know the person, and the person is listening to this show. So I'm, you'll be able to tell me who that was when we, when we come off there. I will so, do. <laughs> uh, no, def, definitely. Um, so look, yeah, we are interested in speaking to, to players from all ages of the spectrum. Get in touch, tell us who you'd like. In terms of my wish list, I'm actually pretty happy because the majority of the players that I'd, I'd love to have spoken to that we've managed, you know, Paul McManus, Div Muir, Bobby Lynn. So I've, I've, I've been probably quite selfish in, in who I've gone after. Greg McDonald, you know, that the list goes on for every guest that we've had. Um, so it's, it's now, I would say, time for the, the next, I would say, five or so episodes after we've done um, Stevie Campbell. Let's go in a bit of a time warp and we'll, we'll see who we can get. Um, I would absolutely love to get Davy Clark. Um, I know he's one of my dad's absolute heroes, so I think that I would love to do it, even if it was just for my dad. Peter McQuaid would definitely be another one up there as well. Dave Gorman was actually the... I never actually gave my fifth name for my wish list. Dave Gorman was my number five, just because he'd been involved with the club for so long. Lots of good tales to tell. There's a whole Dave Gorman, meeting Dave Gorman thing as well. So that, that would be a fun one. Yeah, the other one that we could probably get would maybe be Lindsay Hamilton as well with the fact oh, that he's yeah. doing the goalkeeping coaching at the, the, the club as well. So he's yeah. probably somebody else that we could manage to get um, if you guys would be interested in hearing that 100%. is something that would be delighted to make happen. Definitely. Lin- Lindsay, when we won promotion... 96, 97 or 95, 96. Can't remember which one of the seasons. I was actually on off the ball that day and we'd won promotion at, at Clyde. So I was one of the guests on off the ball. So they got a taxi to take me from Glasgow to Clyde for the game and then picked me up a taxi to take me back to the studios afterwards. And then they got Lindsay Hamilton to call into the show and celebrate the, the promotion win. So it'd be nice to get Lindsay on. I'd, I'd enjoy that. It'd be fun. No, definitely. Um, I, I think Lindsay would be a great guest. If I had a wish list of uh, uh, people that we've not managed to get on yet, I'd love Gordon Marshall um, oh, yeah. because I think he would be a, an, an absolutely excellent one. So if anybody can get a hold of him, then please do. Of course, Steve Archibald, um, I would love to, but I, I just I can't honestly see it ever happening. I would also love Gordon Jury, but again, it's, it's another one that I don't think will ever happen. From my era... I think that's probably about it. I don't think I would manage to muster a five because I think that I've managed to get the rest of the people I would like. So please come through us with your suggestions and I'll do my, my level best to, to track them down. A huge thank you to Liam Anderson as well, who's who's been great in, in putting us in touch with, with some of the guests too. Yeah, thanks so much to, to Liam for all the help and anyone else that can help us, thank you in advance. But enough of our waffling. That is it for this episode of the show. Thanks again to our sponsor, Glenn Walker, and of course to our longtime sponsor, KJK Installations. Thank you, as always, for the support. Just before we go, though, Lee, let everyone know where they can find you online www.crimestoppers.com You can find me on uh, Twitter at VG1903 Facebook Lee Gillis You could also find me on Instagram if you use it but it's just pictures of my kid to be honest so not much exciting there Um, but you could find them there on Gillis underscore 89 like I say I've got the the Spotify page set up um, for the podcast by searching Glory Days of Gold same for our Facebook page and Twitter so yeah just get in touch say hello 
I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada. As always, that's the best one to get me on if you want to get me quickly. You can also get me on at AFTN website. That is linked to our East Fife website. If you haven't checked it out, it's back away from the numbers, AFTN.co.uk. Also, you can find some videos on YouTube under AFTN website and AFTN Canada. But that is it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week with another packed show. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mourn the fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.